This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is never, ever short on confidence. It goes from bad to worse, as Chelsea have their worst start to a season since 1978-9, with three defeats in five games. What is going on? How can a team that won the league a mere three months ago go so quickly from champs to chumps? I am actually auditioning for a uh, Sun headline writer. Uh, Is it form? Is it a lack of quality? Is it poor preparation? Is there unrest in the dressing room? Has Jose lost his special touch? So many questions, some of which we will attempt to answer on the show tonight. Let's all hope that form is temporary and class is permanent. And of course, talking of class, I am Stanford Chidge. Anyway, um, the name of the show tonight is the Chelsea Football Fancast, a vote of no confidence, question mark. That's, that's kind of a duh, 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 isn't it? It's a bit. Anyway, on the show tonight, I'm, I'm, I, I, I would never ever say it's the A team, all right? I just wouldn't do that. But it's probably my... my it's a team. It's my, my favourite my favorite people around the table this week. <laughs> hang on, hang on. If, if it's the A team, who here is BA? Who's Murdoch? Who's face? He's Murdoch. I played Murdoch. There we in, go. Um, in uh, well, I didn't. I played uh, Mike TV and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I have a tour of that. All the kids kept shouting out, "It's Murdoch! It's mm-hmm. Murdoch!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. You. I would have said you were Murdoch anyway. Or you just need a baseball hat. Ain't getting no play. <laughs> I would have to be PA, wouldn't I? No, I'd be the. I'd be the other one, the clever one with, with the cigar. The George, George Pepper. George That's Pepper. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love it when a plan comes together. Uh, should we get on with the show? We probably yeah, ought to. Uh, as you've probably figured out by now, you lovely people out there listening live on Mixler, we have the fantastic, wonderful, grumpy Dr. Mark. <laughs> grumpy as ever. Yes, you are. You look particularly good. I even said you were grumpy in the pub before. You did, you did, and I was only enjoying a pint with you. Uh, he's uh, folding his arms, everybody. At he's, home. he's grumpy. He's got, he's, I'm, he's I'm protecting grumpy. my I'm, space. I'm, okay. I'm just a bit, I'm not grumpy, I'm just a bit. Sort of, well, oh, I, I disagree no. with that because we've, we've got the wonderful, fabulous, lovely Jonathan Kidd on who even. Uh, 
teased us on Twitter to say how grumpy he was going to be. I know, but I'm not. I'm just sort of tired. Oh, I just find it no, also no. tiring. And Your nurse is coming later. Don't do, worry. Is she? I'd like. I, I promise. Yeah, I said she could yeah. come around. Can I lie down on the sofa? Yes, you can. You can. Oh, you. Now, last but by, by no means least, I was expecting uh, the fantastic, wonderful Dan Levine, also known as Bruce Chronicle, <laughs> formerly known as Blues Chronicle, uh, now just known as Dan Levine on at Dan Levine on Twitter. I was hoping that Dan would be the voice of reason, but he also teased me on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed saying that he was uh, basically the equivalent of somebody on methadone withdrawal. <laughs> you know. Would that be a fair summation, Dan? Cold turkey. Cold turkey. I'd rather go wild turkey. But anyway, there we go. Um, those are my lovely, lovely guests this week. Now, on the show tonight, we're going to be looking at some very, very harsh statistics. Your Uncle Chidge has done some homework uh, as to how bad the start to the season has been. Uh, we're going to be outlining what we think the problems are and asking, is it all down to a lack of confidence? Uh, in part two, we'll have a look at what changes need to be made to turn it round and asking, does Jose deserve some sympathy in our current predicament and how and when will things get better? And in part three, uh, we're going to be taking a long overdue look at the plans to redevelop Stamford Bridge and what possible problems there might be with them and how might they affect us, the supporters. And of course, don't forget, you can tweet at Chelsea Fancast or post live on the chat page at Mixler, which of course is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen Fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the game and anything else on Chelsea, of course. And the other thing is, uh, in the last part, we've got uh, lots of emails, which I can't wait to read out, or Jonathan will be reading those out. Uh, But we've also got the Football Blogging Awards are back. Yes. So we need to get people out there voting for the Chelsea yes, fancast so we get nominated. Vote and early and vote often. Vote early and vote often, as Dr. Mark always says, but I never get tired of hearing it. Can I just say a second that we did, in fact, it's, it, it wasn't a long look as if we haven't for about the redevelopment plans because we, in fact, dipped our toe into we the We dipped our toe. We teased it, didn't year, we? Did, we did towards the end, yeah. it, in fact. But since we've been on air, they've had the big... They've done all that Yeah, that that, stuff, you know, the little yeah. consultation down at the bridge, yeah. which we've all been to. They've had two lots of that, actually. Well, the, the last yeah. one. Yeah. We haven't been on air since then. Now, uh, after this show, I will... I'm delighted to tell you that I'm going to do another Mimi TV broadcast. That's Mimi.tv, which I call the Chelsea Fancast Warm Down. And that, my friends, is where I basically will answer any of your questions. We can carry on the discussion that we've been having on the show. All you have to do is to log on. You need to be logged on, signed up uh, at Mimi, M-E-E-M-E-E.tv. Uh, and then you find scheduled me chats, find the, uh, the Chelsea Fancast Warm Down. And then you click to enter, and uh, hopefully when you're all in there, enough of you are in there, I will invite you to the screen, invite you to the stage, and we can have a jolly good chat. You're going to need a a desktop or a laptop with a webcam, and you must use your headphones. The brilliant thing last time I did it, which was the first time this season, who should pop up but Jonathan Kidd? (laughs) I was amazed that I mastered the software. Yeah, was it really hard? No. Good, there you go. I mastered it. Point point proven. If Jonathan can do it, it. anybody can. Um, so there we go and now this important stuff is when you see the avatar at the bottom of the screen turn red from blue we'll be able to put you live on the show but anyway join in with that it's about going to be about 9.15 just after this show Je- Jeffrey was on it it was, uh, it was really good or, or better still na 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 Jeffrey Asselstein Asselstein Jeffrey Asselstein exactly yeah, good. so there we go enough of the blooming old intro it's time for a little bit of a chat about the match <laughs>
Now, uh, the first thing on my agenda... What? We love Pregnant it. pause. Kind of silence, sort of gloom. No, that's, that's my pause so I can get in the big pause. match theme. Oh, clever. You're not listening to the podcast? No, of course not. I'm in it. Why do it? You're here. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. I, that's the same, same as me. I never listen to them because I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. It seems pointless. But anyway, just for those of you who don't ever listen to the podcast, when I have a pause there, yeah. it's so I can cut in the... In fact, actually, I royally nick... The proper old school version of the big match. Maybe I should just do that in future. We could all do it. We could all do it. Maybe we will. Just so happened in that moment, there was a kind of a cloud descended upon everybody. Just one moment. Well, if you think that's bad, wait till you've heard a load of this. Okay, I've entitled this "The Stats Do Not Lie." Bear with me on this because I will prattle on, but. We have now drawn, lost, won, lost, lost. We've got four points from five games. We are 17th as, as we stand at the moment. Probably not by the time you listen to this, though. Will we be 18th? Yeah, yeah. Possibly 18th by the end of the night. Okay, we in, might in even the be in the... Three. We might be in the bottom three. We've got three defeats in five games. Now, um, in terms of points, that's the worst it's been since uh, 88 and 86 when we got three points from five. Um, but as I alluded to before, nobody's picked up on this yet for some reason, but... You know, the last time we lost three games out of our first five games was in the 1978-79 season. first and Bobby Gould, was it? No. Was it Blanchflower? Ken Shalito. Ken Shalito, Now, um, a lot of the non-Doom merchants were saying, yeah, well, in 88 we were shit at the beginning, but we won the title that year, which is true. Yeah. But in 78-79, we were relegated in Cape Bottom. Yes, we were. So there is some hope for us yet. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, actually, to go on from that year, Jonathan, we lost five out of the first seven. So how about that? So it could, could be worse. Now, in uh, 29 years since the Blues have had a worse start drawing three and losing two in 1986, although I would contest that, there are no teams that have finished higher than third after taking four points from their first five games. Uh, four is the number of points Chelsea have. The joint worst start by any Premier League champions, or if you're in the States, EPL champions, since Blackburn in 1995-96. There have been 33 shots on target. I, I like the way they put this, allowed by Chelsea, as if we had any choice. Excuse me, yes, yes, please have a shot on target. We allow you to have a shot on well, target. Well, that's what we did. Actually, Branagh did do that, didn't he? He might as well have done. I mean, Branagh literally played like he had both hands tied behind his back. It's all right. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so 33 shots on target allowed by Chelsea to opposing teams this season. Uh, nine years since Mourinho's Chelsea last lost back-to-back league games. That's only two. Twelve goals have been let in by Chelsea. That's more than any Premier League side. It took us 15 games last season to concede that many. And we've had three defeats this season. The same number that we lost in the whole of the last campaign. And the best or the worst shall be last, depending on your viewpoint. Fabregas has not only lost his magic hat, he has actually buried it deep in the garbage heap of life. No, he's still got uh, a magic hat, it's just different magic. It's, it's gone to shit, mate. It's like the Midas touch in reverse. He, he, it, it, these are his game stats from Saturday. Zero tackles won, zero aerial duels won, zero in, interceptions, zero assists, zero shots, zero crosses. Now, before we kind of embark on what we think the problems might be... You know, how does that make you feel hearing that in black and white? Oh, it's delightful, isn't it? It's proper chels. Proper chels, isn't it? But it's, it's, I think it's how I spent a lot of my youth. <laughs> it's warmly nostalgic yeah, in a so way. There's isn't a kind it? of, there's a kind of, oh, we're playing like that, are we? Oh, well, I'm used to that. I'll yeah. just um, wander around in a in a daze of of 
I don't know, depression, really, a funk of awfulness, just a kind of... I tell you what, though, that, that one I picked up today about... Um, that's actually, you know, we, we've lost three games in five... Three, three matches in five games. The first time we've done that since 78. That really shocked me. But, but it's even more shocking considering we did win the title last year. The season before yeah. that, I think we were... We were possibly relegation we were mid, No, we were mid-table the year before, but that year we did come bottom and got relegated. Yeah. yeah. But that's quite blind. But we've also played three home games in two away, haven't we? Yeah, I didn't look at the combinations of the game mm. smart. Like dereliction of duty, sorry. But that I mean, makes it even worse. But how do you think about those stats? When you see that in black and white, I mean, I know people are saying, I, I mean, we'll get onto this about not panicking, context, da 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 da, da. But it's pretty shocking, isn't it? It's appalling. It is appalling. The, Fab- yeah, yeah. the Fabregas one is absolutely dreadful. That's really. awful, yeah. yeah. He has had tempted the odd pass, but it seems to have gone through for a goal kick yeah. most of the time. But even worse, you know, that was one of his better games. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, well, I think maybe we'll just dive. Let's not dwell on the stats because, you know, we are not on this show known for our statistical analysis. We leave that to others more worthy than ourselves. And we copy them. Like the London is blue pod. They like their stats. Joe Tweeds, he likes his stats. The Plains of Almeria, they like their stats. The only stats I like are the ones that Sophie Rose has. There's only... Yes. That's where I'm going to leave it. I'm, I'm on the London is Blue podcast <laughs> next are. weekend. So, so we can talk about how bad Fabregas was against Arsenal. Tell them they... they have they figured... Okay, look, I know they probably listened to this show because I, I, and they're good guys, but yeah. please, can you ask them when they're on? Number one, I, okay, I'm actually at fault at the moment because I didn't reply to their tweet when they asked me on the show. So, <laughs> bad boy. But how, can you ask them, have they sorted out how to actually speak to them? Because the last time I tried it, it didn't work. Do they do Skype yet? Uh, no, no, they do it on Google Hangouts. And I did oh, it, I don't, I did, that's rubbish. It I did work. it live from a, a pub on Brompton Road right. last time I was on there. Tell them to get back in touch. I'd love you, to be on this did, show. They I did. I know. Well, they, they were some miles away. Oh, they were miles away. Dan, you were actually assuming that Fabregas is going to play against Arsenal. Well, yeah, well at the moment, though, he just seems to consistently pick the same team. So he it doesn't matter so. who they've purchased or anything. I think that's, that's one, of the, one of the problems <coughs> of the whole thing mm. is we're observing and thinking, surely he's going to make some changes. But no. It's stale. <laughs> Shall we look at what the problems are? This is what I think. Um, I'm going to run through the whole lot and then we can have a bit of a discussion about it. Um, I, somebody, I think the bloke who writes for ESPN Sport, not Marco or Phil, I thought he came up with a... I mean, you, we could do this show in this one sentence and then we could all go to the pub and not have to worry, all right? It's very simple. Feckless in defence, muddled in midfield and ineffective in attack. So That pretty much sums it up, So just it? feckless, is that short for fucking useless? Yes. I thought so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, pub then. But I mean, you know, I mean, I think for me, you know, Dan Dan wrote a great article about it uh, being not just down to the defence and Brenner in particular. And I think for me, that's the, the even worse crime in a way was that we only had one shot on target. But I, I think looking at the match overall, there was no pressure on the ball or or on space, which is not closing people down. There seems to be a lack of pace throughout the side. There's a lack of physicality. Dan and I were talking in the pub about the days when we had people like Michael Essie in the midfield, you know, yeah. and Drogba up front was yeah. a bruiser. Um, you know, and, but I think the other thing, which is really interesting, which maybe we'll pick up after the general discussion, is an inability to play a high defensive line, and there are reasons for that. But I'll, I'll throw it open to you, Mark. Yeah, the, the one, sh- the one that, shot was... sum up the problems? The or one what? shot was from outside the box as well. Um, there was no balls going into the box for anybody to run onto, and yeah. if they did, they missed them. Uh, uh, no, it, it, the whole thing... It's not the system, because the system's the same as last season. The players are the same as last season. There's something in their heads that's not right. Mm, you think it's mental? They I do think it's mental. They had 14 corners, though, didn't they? I think, which yeah, they had 14 and, and, corners. But in each instance, they were kind of loopy, lollopy, big, under 
there was no pressure particularly on the ball. There was a couple of them that were hung up nicely, but Everton seemed to clear them every time. John Stones played brilliantly. Of course he did. Yes. Money can't buy you Stones. Must be in the aeroplane they went over before before the game. I think that's what it was. They're not happy. Dan, what what do you think? Is that a pretty good summary of of what's going on? I mean, we'll get into the whole confidence issue after this, but. You know, where, where do you stand on this? Nothing's working. Everything is, you know, you've got 11 players out there. They don't appear to be playing as a team. You've got people not covering for each other. You've got people not, you know, mucking in for, for each other. People not running back. People not running back, exactly. I wrote a piece um, about, like you said, about how it wasn't all Brandon's fault. And people like to think it's all his fault. But then, you know, he's had um, four different defensive, central defensive pairings in four games. He's had, uh, we haven't had the same keeper two full games in a row but for one occasion this season. Um, Pedro, who's very good going forward, or was in the first game at least, not less so at Everton, does, doesn't really track back. You've got Matic, who's being taken over somewhere else by um, Cesc Fabrias being absolutely rubbish. Um, so you, you've just got the whole thing being disjointed. The back four not getting any protection, really, yeah. are they? Even Matic seems a little bit off the pace. What about Hazard? There's somebody who's just not performing at all. Well, I mean, we're going to uh, definitely have a pop, I'm afraid, at a few of them in, in, in part two. But I think yeah. you're right. I mean, I, we've, we said it almost week in, week out since we've been back that there are five or six key players who are just not performing. But I actually think the, the guy who wrote this has got it absolutely nailed. It's not just the defence, it's the midfield, and it's also the attack. And the thing that we were talking about in the pub uh, before we started the show... In the warm-up. In the warm-up. Yeah, actually, that is the... Ch- we'll, 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 we might do a periscope on that next week and mm. call it the Chelsea Fancast warm-up. That's a good idea. Okay. Anyway... Um, you could record it and then just play it. Yeah, we, we, and then we, yeah we can like have 10 minutes off. Yeah. I, like, I like the way you think, yeah, Jonathan. Yeah. You're a pro. Yeah. You are a pro. But, um, the, mm. you know, the thing that, w- that we were talking about was that a fundamental difference, and I've kind of alluded to this about there being no pressure on the ball or no pressure on the space, is that a Mourinho side... What, what what marks them out is that they defend from the front. Everybody has a defensive really responsibility, don't they? Pressure on so the ball. So you, yeah. you, 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 know, you, you basically defend at source. So you stop them creating anything by having the hazards and the costas and the whoever's putting pressure on the ball. And that just isn't happening. When teams attack us, Jonathan, it's like a knife through butter. You have to win the midfield one on ones to do that. When have been called Jonathan? <laughs> to be fair, it's enough, my middle name. I paused. That's, that pause. is true, actually. I paused for the gloom to descend. Mm. You did, you did. Um, and I forgot what I was I just felt, felt that I'd, I'd, I'd prattled no, on and right. I was going to let you lay devil's space. And and I was going to mention something. And I would normally bark at you for doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a fitness thing? There was this theory that we've had before that... He was very worried about the fact that they seemed to run out of puff for the Champions League and the whole of last... At the end of the season, they weren't as... So he almost took his foot off the brake and, and played the different style because they, were, they weren't they uh, were up to scratch from a fitness point of view. Do you think he, he initially, at the beginning of the season, thought, I won't push them as much um, so that they'll be able to, they will be able to last the season longer? And, uh, and unfortunately, he's been found out because... All the other teams have, 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 I think have there is a bit of that on actually. their foot running, yeah. and, and they're not up to it because they just don't seem to be. F- this point you were saying about um, the physicality about pressing everybody the second they get the ball just isn't happening at all, and that surely is a fitness thing. It's like Matic; he just seems to be several feet, several yards slower than he was last year. No telescopic leg getting mm. in and putting, pushing the ball away. As I say, Hazard is just completely um, not running at anybody, not getting any free kicks. I tell you, he was very good on uh, um, the radios with Peter Odomwingi, who was very fluent about talking about it. He was 
um, surprised and that, that he wasn't one of the things he did last year was his ability to run the ball constantly got Chelsea free kicks because he was being yeah. knocked over not happening at all penetrating Pen- yeah but he's not doing any runs. There was one terrible moment where he actually got given the ball from a break from uh, the, 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 the Everton attack broke down, and he was on the left hand side at Hazard, and he ran towards the opponent. Normally, to skinned him, had the ball taken off him, off him immediately. And Costa's another one. I mean, the way oh, that Costa got mugged off by John Stones, you know, the one but he, yeah, let, he yeah. let him yeah. not make him, knowing that he'd be quick enough to get to the get ball off the him. Side, I mean, that, yeah. that for me was t- Dan. I just want to hear what you say, what, what you think about that, because that touched on the article that you were writing. Um, one of the things, well, one of the things we were talking about was the fitness issue and, and if yeah. Mourinho does know that fitness is an issue at the moment you have to wonder why there was a pre-season that started later than everyone mm. else's in its, in its actuality you know why Chelsea did more air miles than almost anyone in the Premier League in pre-season you know because that's what really knackers out players yeah it's not playing mm. sort of exhibition games in New York that knackers people out it's flying miles and miles here and there at funny times of the day waking up at silly times of the morning you know eating rubbish air for, air, air, airline food being stuck in some pressurised cabin that's what knackers people mm. and so you know was he did he have an input in that you know why, why did that happen well money you know we, we talked about this on a show a few weeks back and I moaned about that and I, and I said is the commercial uh, arm wagging the, the, the tail of the footballing side, if you see what I mean. But on that count, when, uh, to, to quote a far lesser manager, um, when Andre Villas-Boas came in. Thank God it's that one. Yeah, remember him? for a minute. Um, he's available, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no, is Harry Redner. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> um, when he came in, the first thing he did was Chelsea had a pre-season tour, I think it was America, maybe the Far East, I can't remember which, and it was five games. And he cancelled one of those games. He said, too much, too early in the season. Because... We can't have people playing pointlessly in these games just for commercial reasons. I need to get my team fit. Now, we know what happened with AVB, but we've had this pre-season that seems to be entirely commercially driven. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Martin. If that was the plan in pre-season, just to start off steady, and I agree with Dan that flying and travelling and sleeping in strange beds is, is not good. Yeah, it works for me. But... Yeah, but you don't, have to, go and, strange you don't have to go and run about for 90 <laughs> minutes very often. It's not you? the bed that you're in, it's the company that you keep in it. <laughs> yes, well, I hope, they're, I hope, they're, <laughs> I hope they're all in their own bed with boxing gloves on, but there you go. No, uh, um, if, that, if, that was the, if that was the plan, um, to start off gently and then build in, on the basis that for the first month of the season, they're only playing one game a week and they can actually do some training during the week and still be fit to play the games. Maybe that hasn't happened, I don't know. Well, look, the other thing is, before we get... Because I, I, I do think that confidence has got a lot to do with this, but I want to touch on that in a minute. But Dan uh, you know, and I were talking about this in the pub before, and actually Matt Law in The Telegraph uh, pointed this out, and I thought it was a, a very good point. Uh, and, and Dan mentioned it too, that there seems to be a monstrous amount of confusion in the defence, the fact that we haven't had a steady central defensive pairing, the fact that that affects Branner because... You know, he he has the finger pointed at him for having poor positioning, but I, I suspect it might be because he doesn't know where to be because he's not. You, you know, Pedro's not tracking back. He, you know, he's either playing with Kuma or uh, Kuma Zuma or Cahill, mm. so that doesn't help him. But actually, we were talking about this in the pub, Dan, weren't we? About we have a at the moment an inability to play a high defensive line, which is what a lot of the top teams like to do. And and funnily enough, we we mentioned that this has been a perennial problem, really. Going well, you you reckon as far back as Scolari? I certainly remember it under AVB. Certainly, AVB was a yeah. huge yeah. problem. Man. And actually, there's a reason why we can't play a high back line, and John that's because we got John, John George Terry and and Branner. To be fair, yeah. Bran- Branner has never been a racehorse 
You know, he's never been a, a fast player. Probably he's too big and Terry, he- but yeah, but he's too big and heavy. Mm. Um, you know, so and Cahill, Cahill, Terry, and Branner are not speed kings. It's very hard to play a high defensive line with those three defenses. Now, uh, <clears throat> defenders. Now, one could argue that they are part of the problem and not part of the solution if that's where modern football is going. And it, and I think that actually causes a problem for Mourinho because he's thinking, well. I really ought to be playing a high defensive line because that's kind of where we ought to be. But I can't. And I think, what I wonder if you... I mean, there there, in comes that we have to play with two mid- defensive midfielders to cover a slow back four. I don't know. I mean, does, does, that, that, does that affect think, Hazard and uh, Costa, well, Costa it, it, as well? Well, it's a bigger they? gap, isn't it? I don't think Mourinho's a follower of football fashion, is he? He tends to create his own system and stick to I'll it. allow you to say that if you can sing the King's line from where it became or came from. What came from? He's a dedicated follower, follower of fashion. Oh, yes, he oh, is. Oh, oh, no, he ain't. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, no, he ain't. <laughs> Lovely. I heard that. I, I watched that doc. They had the kinks at the BBC a, a little while ago. It was fantastic. Yeah, great yeah. song. Anyway. Waterloo. Waterloo, Waterloo Sunset. Sunset. Yeah. Chili, chili. I love it. Just, anyway, just enough, cast, enough. Cast your mind back. To what? To the kinks? To, so no, to, well, if you like, yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking quite as far back as that. Last Dude, season. I think Ray Davies liked the last, high back Last one. season, after Zuma got sort of bedded into the team the only constant thing in the defence was John Terry played every game yeah and he played brilliantly uh, and it, Cahill and, and, and Zuma more or less alternated and it didn't seem to make any difference That's a good, no I, I mean this is the thing I think fundamentally we can come up with all of these theories and point out to what might be going wrong and then but, shoot them down but it still doesn't explain the fact that, that none of this happened last season none of this no. was applicable last season it's just that the same players playing the same way are playing like shit compared to being champions last year. And I, I don't understand it. Dan, please shed some light on it for me. I wish You're I could. far more intelligent than me. I wish I could. Um, I mean, there, there are, I think there are other issues there, and I think we'll get onto them later in the show. One of them, uh, I think, is that Mourinho right, likes to play with a very, very sort of a set of cliches, a, a book of very, very good cliches, but, but they are, at the end of the day, cliches. And I think some of them have been found out. I think people know what he's about and they they anticipate what's happening. But we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Um, so the other teams are set up better to deal with Chelsea. I think that's, think that's a, a lot of it. of it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone has... There are a number of players there that have got a yard slower. Branner's got a yard slower in the summer. Um, I don't know how, but Matic seems to have done yeah. for, a, mm. for a guy of his age. Yeah. Uh, and Terry has as well. Now, Terry's never had pace in his game. No. And I'm the first to say that he fully deserved his place in the Premier League team of the year last season. And uh, he was, without a shadow of doubt, the best defender in England. Yeah, um, easily. But he's looked very vulnerable this year. He has. But I think Terry's always needed a bit of protection. Which you know, he's not getting at the moment. Gallus, uh, you know, uh, Lord Percy, uh, to name but two. Sorry, Carvalho, for those not initiated in oh, what I call poor old... Uh, and in front of him as well, don't forget, yeah. Makaleli. Look, I mean, just, just to kind of wrap this one up, really, um, you know, I was, I was uh, intrigued by Jose's presser after the match, which, OK, given the context that you're playing the media game, so you're not going to, you know... I, I, I do not for one minute expect Jose Mourinho to turn up and say, yes, my players were shit. They were playing like shit. They, they were, didn't play like shit last year and I have no idea why they're playing like shit. I, mean, I, I, I would be astonished if that were to be true. To be fair, he did, he did say shit quite a lot. Did he? In yeah. yours? Well, in, in another one afterwards. Okay, all right. But the bottom line is, I, I fully expect him to obfuscate and put a spin on it because that is the name of the game. But having said that, I thought it was very interesting. Two things were very interesting. One was how measured he was. And I, I actually smelt a little bit of humility in that press conference, actually. You know, he gave Ray Stubbs the time of day, whereas he hadn't before the match. Um, but the other thing was, he, he alluded to 
you know, a confidence issue. And, you know, reflecting on that, I, I, it did make a lot of sense to me because actually throughout that, one thing we haven't really talked about in this bit, they, they, they're playing with a complete, uh, there's lack of fight and they're playing with fear. You know you were talking about Costa and Hazard. Every time they get into an attacking position, they're taking three or four touches. And that smacks yeah. to me of players who just don't have that confidence to go, no, bollocks, I'm going to ping one ball. Well, what, one first example, time. wasn't there, that Costa would have scored yeah. last season. He just yeah. pinged it in, yeah. and he took a touch and took it left and then Absolutely. dribbled it and he got dispossessed. Absolutely. So that tells me they're playing with fear. They're, they're thinking about what they're doing too much. They're not playing with freedom. And, you know, that, that to me, smells like a lack of confidence. So I, it's the first time I've heard him say it, and I actually, thinking about it, think, you know what, how on earth can brilliant players turn into shit players pretty much overnight? That is one way they can. Uh, you know, when you lose your... It's like a golfer smart. You know, you can be, you can be a Masters winner one the week, yips. and then the next week, you, something happens the and yips. you lose it. The yeah. Yips. yeah, exactly. Well, it, it, I think it is part of that. I think there's something not right with the... The behavioural dynamic between the players at the moment—they're not reacting the way you. But do you think it's a lack of? But, but look, Mourinho's, Mourinho's got a degree in psychology. He understands all these things. If anyone can sort it out, Mourinho can. But it's not going to happen overnight. Isn't it odd that it's happening to all of them, as opposed to seeing you know, yeah, four if, or five of them not playing it, well? If, if the, the dynamic rest... that was driving that team on has, has somehow got skewed, it, he'll need to make. Fairly significant changes yeah, but, but to to break moment, that. He's not making the changes. That's what I thought. Everybody was saying on, on Twitter they were expecting the Everton game to be filled with a whole series of new players and mm. new approach. Yeah, I, I'm going to butt in and because it, it I've wasn't. got a very naughty comment from Brisbane Blues Chelsea. I mean, I know what you're saying about Joe's comments being deluded or taking the piss, but, you know, really, as a Chelsea fan, do you want your manager to come out and say, every single one of my players is all shit, and, I, and, and, I, and actually, I don't want to manage the club anymore because they're, they're all shit and they won't play for me? No, you don't. I mean, Fred, you have to understand that he is in the media spotlight and they, he has to play the game. Now, I would rather he comes out and protects the players, who are clearly quite vulnerable at the moment, I would hope that he goes back into that dressing room afterwards and gives those that need a bollocking a severe bollocking and those that need an arm put around him an arm put around him. Because that, mate, is good management. Mm -hmm. Not absolutely hanging them out to dry in front of some slavering pieces of shit from the media. He's feeling their pain. Excuse me, you've got one of the slavering pieces of shit around the the table. Have I got a point, though? He didn't initially go into the the, the changing room, apparently. He stood in the uh, corridor on the phone to somebody. Uh, See, so you want to yeah, to say, <laughs> can, can you get me out of this, please? No, but, but I, I just saw I, that comment and I felt no, that no, needed picking up on it. It's a bit naive to think that he can do I, that. I felt for the for the first time ever, actually, um, listening to him at the very first Ray Stubbs interview on on the box. He he, it was a lot of flannel. He looked really unwell. I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what he's, he's not shaving and his hairs. He, look, he looks rather cool, actually. But um, <laughs> quite honestly, but a bit of man uh, love for Jose yeah, from yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, but, there. No, why not? Why not? But he, but he, he the, I, I remember think actually thought it's a bit young for you. Actually, though, isn't yeah, it? very much so. I, uh, I like the older man, like yourself. Oh, touche, <laughs> touche. But I, I thought that he, he didn't really say anything. He said a lot, but said nothing for about the first five minutes. And then Ray Stubbs asked him some more specific questions, and he answered them properly. Mm. He, he didn't evade. No, he was good. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was, was really gave him enough time. And I th- he looked. I, I felt he was quite. There was a bit of humility I think he's bewildered. there. Bewildered. I, I oh, aren't we all? Slightly bewildered. Well, aren't we all? If that was the case, in you, you, you call it the press conference, but it was actually the uh, the broadcast. The, the interview with it was the interview with Ray Stubbs. To be fair, the press conference itself not, was not, very, not one with the miserable slavering media. Which that's us. You. That's yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, that was very <laughs> different in tone. It was, was it? it was very grumpy. It was very subdued. And of course, it's where he made the comment when he was asked by it was actually Ollie. 
Holt who asked him, um, who, who ran the Great North Run yesterday and did very, very well in it. Um, Ollie Holt asked, um, you know, is this, are you under pressure? Uh, and uh, he said, you know, this is not pressure. Pressure is being a refugee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, 10 minutes before that point, I'd spoken to Paul Lagan, CFC Journal, who a lot of people who listen to this will probably know. And, Lovely and, and yes, he is. Very good friend of mine. And he said, who's he going to blame today? Because he knew he'd blame someone. I said, well, I think we're about that stage in affairs where he starts saying, this is not pressure. A swan on the beach with bird flu as pressure. And then yeah. he came out and said yeah. practically the same thing. He picked on the, the biggest topic in the media at that time. And, and of course, that's the refugees. This, sorry, we sort of diverted a little bit, but this is part of the issue. I think people are finding him too predictable, mm. um, both on pitch and off it. Um, and he is still the greatest manager in the world. Mm. You, know, you look at the, the awards, uh, the, 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 the things he's won, that does not change. But maybe he needs to learn a few more tricks. Who knows? Didn't you think that he therefore he ought to have changed the team? How long is he yes. going to well, keep this going? Well, do you know what? I, I, you know I what? We, need, we need to go to a break, and guess what we're talking about next, Jonathan? Changing the team. Exactly. We'll be back with you in a nanosecond. Sorry, I've read the script, but I forgot. It's all right. I expect nothing less. Thank you. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, welcome back. I'm Sanford Chidge, and of course you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast Part 2, in fact. Uh, Now, we're going to have a a quick chat about uh, what changes we might uh, apply. Uh, Should we be sympathetic to Jose, the fact that we're in uncharted territory with the state of play at the moment, and uh, things can only get better, or can they? Uh, But before we do that, I just want to say on Dan's behalf, he's had a tweet from the wonderful Jason Marco, who I know as well, he's a great lad, and is also a CFC black cabbie. And he says that we should support all of our black cabbies. And I completely agree. I, I would London for me, and I've been up here on and off for 30 years, but London for me would never have been the same without uh, my um, get, black cabs getting me home when I really needed them to. And you're, you're looking at me and you're knowing exactly what I, I'm I talking about. I couldn't afford them when I was a student. Well, no, well, I, 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 sometimes you just have to do it, mate. But also, actually, my ability to drive in London was absolutely informed by by black cabs because they used to go down these little routes and I thought oh, that's a good route can, can they I taught me long, so much and Dan's routes. dad was a black cabbie so I and didn't know my dad, my dad still is a black cabbie if still I could is. do a party political broadcast on behalf of black cabbies fuck Uber it's a trade trade under threat at the moment <laughs> yeah. they're people who know their way around London yeah. they've been trained for years and they're being taken over and, and put out of business yeah. by people who haven't got a clue what they're doing that's that's right. support your local black yeah, cab absolutely yes. and say no to Uber or fuck Uber frankly because I, I know I shouldn't swear but actually, I feel very strongly about that. Um, and yeah, you know, the cabbies have got the knowledge, unlike us. Right, now, moving swiftly along, uh, I've change needed. The first thing I'm going to ask, Jonathan will love this, because we touched on this in part one, um, but should we, can we, will we drop any one or all of Branner, Fabregas, Hazard and Costa, who, frankly, I would suggest are arguably the most culpable at the moment? Remind you, Dave's not playing very well either. Seems to be out of well, we can't drop everybody. I've kind of chosen know, the four worst, I know, okay? I know, yeah. 
But what do you reckon, old fruit? I mean, should we? Can we? Or, and will we? Well, it might be an idea to try. Well, it'd be interesting to see the team he picks for Maccabi. Um, and then the team he picks for. Uh, the Ars. Yeah, and then the team he picks for Newcastle. Oh, Walsall. God, you haven't got that coming up, too, haven't we? Because if, if, if people. Ah. People may not perform particularly well in that game. It may have no relevance to who he selects at all. Yeah, I think he, he'll change. He, I think he'll he might make sweeping changes for that. We'll talk about what's going to happen next. I think at the end. But I mean, let, let's let's presume well, the next the matches pa- Arsenal. In the, in the, in the past, let's presume yeah. the next matches because that's the yeah. next. I mean, right now we're shit in the league. He's got to turn it round. I think most people out there thoroughly expect Branner to be dropped, and I love Branner. But I've got to say, I, I, you know, right now, I think whilst I agree that it's not all his fault, I think he needs protecting from himself. He needs to be taken out of the firing he, he's line. He's attracting all the attention because it's been pointed out that he's not playing very well. Yeah. Everybody attacks down that yeah. wing most of the time. So, and also, he seems to be completely incapable of crossing, which he was terrible at doing last year. Yeah. But we, we seem to attack. We had so many other attacking options. This season, any attack goes down, then he always hits the man. It's mm. just some, some kind of magnetic joke. I was obviously at the game on, on Goodson Park on Saturday, and uh, towards the end of the game, these are the things maybe you don't get when you watch it on TV, I'm no, not indeed, sure. Indeed. They showed it. He had a couple of exchanges with um, with the bench, and you know, he didn't look very happy about it at all. But the, sh- the shoulders were down, and he had this pained expression, and there were a couple of times where he just sort of briefed, cantered back to the action and he just looked really really upset you know if you have a a crap day in the office like he'd had and and to a certain extent it wasn't necessarily really all his fault um you're going psychologically it's going to mess with you isn't it he seems to be losing his temper a lot as well with with people in in a way that as you say is slightly more miserable than i've ever seen it yeah and 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 branner though i've said this for a long time though he has the physicality of some sort of serbian warlord he has the emotions of a 14-year-old girl. He is always on the brink of tears, either through joy or through depression or through... You know, that is quite you know, Serbian, though, to be fair. They're suppose, emotional people. He's mate. a very, very passionate guy. And, and, and in those sort of circumstances, as I agree with you, Chich, he, he needs to almost be saved well, from it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and that, that's the point I'm making, because I love him. I, I really do. And I think, you know, Jose pointed this out in the press about, you know, both fans and, and the media having short memories and... I think a lot of people have got short memories about Branagh. I mean, he's he's been absolutely he's been stellar for this club, and he puts his body on the line. Yeah, wonderful, you he know, plays with his heart on the sleeve. He, he does. I, I love him. I absolutely yeah. love this guy. But I, I just it's painful to watch at the moment, and and I think you know, you know what I I, I really applaud Jose's uh, you know loyalty to him and stubbornness in a way to to keep playing him. But I think that's it. You know, you just got to save him, as you said from himself. Give, give him a week or two out. I, it's just because it's painful. It's really quite sad to see. His behaviours, as I was saying, his behaviours have gone weird. I mean, he, he used to get right up to wingers. Well, the whole hand behind block, the back thing. Well, well, he was doing that last season. In fairness, he was doing that. Do you know he what, was doing that. David Luiz was the but first. Like, it's it's the cricket there. stance that bothers me. You know, when a defender's trying to block someone, you make yourself as big as you can, mm. don't you? He's standing side on like a cricketer. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, okay, well, I mean, Fabregas for me is actually, in, in some respects, even more culpable because, you know, we, we're saying that one of the reasons why the defence has been so cack is largely because of the lack of protection afforded by uh, the midfield. Yeah. And, you know, I've never really rated Fabregas defensively. So, you know, funnily enough, Mourinho did exactly what I said should happen, which was get him out of the defensive midfield position because he can't mm. defend, stick him up to the number 10 because he's supposed to be our most creative player. And he goes there and he creates absolutely jack shit. Been ineffectual. Yeah. Zero, 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 zero. And he's been awful. Absolutely awful. Um, 
and you've got to drop him. I mean, I can't understand why he can't be dropped. I'd drop him like a stone. Who do you play there? Anybody. <laughs> you could put me in there at the moment, mate. I mean, I'm serious. You could put me in there and I'd do, a, I'd do about as bad a job. You know? See, the other problem with... Uh, can I just mm. answer that first? Mm. Um, well, uh, you know, okay, who could you put there? You could put Hazard there. We've played William there. Uh, you, you could put talk- Oscar there. You're talking about Fabregas for number 10. Okay. I, if, it, he can never play uh, as a pair with Matic again. He cannot defend. You, he can't defend, Dan. You can see why I wanted Pogba now, can't you? Yes. But, he, you know, he cannot defend. No. So you can't play him as a defensive midfielder. So if you're going to play him, you play him in the number 10 role so he can do nice little short passes into people, blah, 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 blah. But right now, he can't even do that. So as I said, I mean, you could play Oscar there. You could play Hazard there. You could play William there. So you, actually, there are a lot of choices. That's the point I'm making. Yeah. Dead air. <laughs> Don't worry. Right. No, no, no. The pauses are like gold. No, the gold point I was going to make radio. was with all... The established I got players, quite excited then, didn't the I? established really players like... playing below par, which they clearly are. Yeah. It's rubbing off on some of the new ones who've come in. One or two of the new ones who've come in. For example, Pedro in his first game, he was outstanding. Gone down to everybody. He else was outstanding with. He, well, I was going to come to. He, he was outstanding. He was. He, he was dynamic. He was running after the ball when it was when it was loose. He was winning the fifty. He was like a little terrier. He was tracking he? back. No, but he had an urgency about him that mm. nobody else did. But you're right, you're you're exactly right, he's getting pulled down to their level. There's this lethargy in the team. I don't know whether it's tiredness, fitness, whatever. It's just lethargic. So at the moment, we're we're saying definitely drop Branner, definitely drop Fabregas. All right, what about Hazard and Costa, Jonathan? Hazard's supposed to be the best player. He was... uh, He doesn't look it at the moment. No, he doesn't. He was... Football of the Year. He's, apparently, he played dreadfully for Belgium as well. Who said he was? Well, he the scored worst, a cracking player. goal. Yeah, but that's did, the only yeah. thing. He and, did. And, and I've got to say, the manager mate, complained about it. Yeah, he said he but, was the worst player on the but pitch. But Wilmot's the manager is an absolute tit of the first degree. So well, I wish I'd seen the game. Then I would have been. Able I to did. Work it out. He didn't play that badly. It wasn't that bad. He didn't. But did he run badly. at opponents? Did he? Uh, he wasn't as energetic as he was. I mean, he, he didn't look as energetic as we saw him last season. But I have to say, mate, his his goal was an absolute screamer. And it and it was well, what was interesting about it was he came in from quite deep, I know, I saw the and it was cracking there. pass, yeah, I think, yeah. from that awful little uh, you know James Hewitt love child Kevin De Bruyne, but he kind of <laughs> cut it. He cut it, also known as Prince uh, Prince uh, Harry. But um, you know he he cut a ball back beautifully, and Hazard just ran onto it and walloped it. It was Lampard esque. You can see why the, by the way why De Bruyne had so many assists at uh, Wolfsburg because mm. he actually set up about three fantastic attacks. Um, he's paced the, on the ball, pacing the ball rather excellently for uh, for Man City. I've, I've just had a horrible, weird, you know, mad piece of shit coming. If he makes that many assists, maybe he should be a fluffer. Yeah, that's that's good. Mm. I think Fluff they need fluffers polite. anymore, do they? Now they've, they've got Viagra. <laughs> no, they don't, do no, they? they don't, no. Just think, actually, that's a really good point. The invention of Viagra has knocked out a whole, <laughs> whole, industry. Uh, yeah, whole industry. Nobody goes on strike about that. Nobody complains about the, the government. Perhaps maybe Cor- we should tell Corbyn. Corbyn. Should be told, yeah. Corbyn, oi, yeah, yeah, Corbyn. Yeah. Oi, lefty! Stick up for the fluffers, mate, because they've been absolutely annihilated thanks to Viagra. Um, moving on to Costa. Mm. From, we'll keep the blue pill flying can, high. Yeah, very good, very good indeed. Very quick. Very good. Um, Costa. I, so you, you, I, I you, made the point at the end of last season <coughs> that we had to be very careful with Costa, and I felt that they should buy another top-class forward mm. because... Hey, well, they like bought Falcao. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think he's right first time, actually, Dan. Well, it was a good header. It's got, you know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, the best thing that's happened all season. It was, it was, it was. But unfortunately, he has to go up the other end and score immediately, rather put the, the mockers on it. Um, but uh, I said that he was being sussed by too many players. 
too many of the opposition who were winding him up and he'd have to actually pay attention to this uh, this thing of 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 playing against them but of, of the, his physicality of just actually just mm. reacting to them all the time rather than playing football i mentioned it then and i think that's what's actually happened as mm. well he's not he's being he's been he's been sussed as well he, he, they've worked out that they just need to to uh, nudge him and I don't know I mean that's and, uh, you know and obviously he's not playing with the same confidence he's not getting the service said, or the service he's not getting he's the service still, he's not confident he, he, he's still not the same he's not the same package as last year you know what we were talking about earlier we, da- Dazza says uh, Costa's turned into a pantomime hard man yeah that's a good point that's actually a very good <laughs> point good. we were saying earlier on you know that this is going to take some and we'll get onto this in a minute it's going to take some pretty seriously good man management but I mean for for what it's worth I think Brandon needs to be dropped because he needs to be protected from it at for the moment. humanitarian reasons for human, yeah put down for humanitarian reasons Fabregas needs to be dropped to prove that he's not undroppable yeah. well he needs to go and do you another know, couple of weeks of everybody that we know who's ever played for Arsenal and Barcelona has a has a pretty shonky attitude and certainly a massively huge ego so that needs you know you, we were talking earlier basically about who needs to be bollocked and who needs to have a bit of love Fabregas needs a bollocking. He needs, and he to, be needs to be beasted. Sit, he, need, he needs to be beasted and sat. He's volunteering. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to be sat really on big. the naughty step. Uh, Hazard, I think, is different. Hazard is clearly not playing anything like he did last year. I think a lot of people are saying he's looking a bit chubby. Um, they should look at me before they make that accusation. But mm. I actually think I wouldn't drop Hazard. I think Hazard needs a, a lot of love at the moment. I think he needs an arm round him. Costa, on the other hand, a bit like Fabregas. I think Costa needs to be dropped because I think Costa also needs it to be made clear that he's not undroppable. I think half the problem that we got with Costa is absolutely what Jonathan was saying. He has no competition. He knows that even if he's half fit, he gets a game. Well, so who do you start if you drop Costa? Do you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind giving Falcao a go from ninety mm. minutes because I want to see whether he's completely shit like he was last year or not because that goal he scored against I can't even remember who it was now Palace uh, that was a proper striker's goal and the other goal. thing that impressed me about Falco in, in, in the short time that he had on the pitch was his movement Yeah, he moves like a proper number nine like a proper striker mm. stealthily and intelligently and I would like give him a go. You know, we've, we've we've spent this money buying him. We've said that okay, he's probably not as bad as he was last year. Well, let's prove it. Let's put him in there and see if he is. If he's shit, fine. Then we know. But I'd say give him a chance and say to Costa, look, mate, unless you're on it 150 percent every match, you're on the bench, son. And, and don't be such a naughty boy on the pitch. Yeah. Why has Remy gone down in the pitch? I was going to say exactly that. Well, mm. I would go for Falco because I would be keen to know. I, I I like Remy. I think he's he's okay. He can do a job for us. I don't think he's Chelsea's best number nine, but again, I have I I, I would have no qualms in playing. He's him. a great sub. Yeah, maybe that therein lies the issue. Like Mikhail Forsell used to be, Look, come off the bench and score. He did it so I, many times. I think you know we could also blood the youth and we could also change the formation to four three three. But I mean, you know that 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 that's uh, an interesting uh, an interesting situation and perhaps one for another day. Um, what I want to really talk about now is, is is Jose and and you know it's it seems to me that. You know, I've got an element of sympathy with him, and I think I mentioned this earlier on because, you know, at the end of the day, Jose can't kick the ball. And if you've got five or six of the people that you absolutely rely on and relied on all last season who are half the players they were, I have an element of sympathy for him. I really do. I also think, what's, you know, you, you were talking earlier, weren't we, about he doesn't look well, he looks, mm, although you still fancy him, which is good. But, you know, his old man's not well. And, and that's been, you know, on his mind for, I think, nearly six months now, hasn't it, Dan? 
It's about, I think, March, April. Yeah, it's getting on for that. Now, anybody who's lost a parent <clears throat> knows it's, it's hard. You know, and, and when you're in that media spotlight and you're in that pressure cooker situation, it must be doubly so. Um, having also, said that, also, just, just hang on a minute, Dan. Okay. I mean, having said that, you know, um, we, we alluded to this off kind of off stroke on air before we started the part. Are there other things afoot? Is, is Eva Gate more serious than we think? Why is JT subdued? Was Neil Ashton really hiding in the dustbin and know something that we don't? I mean, you know. Martin Samuels has written an article, hasn't he, about um, him, him being uh, sulking because of not getting the players that he wanted. Yeah, the transfer issues. Yeah. Well, in that case, we're back in 2007, aren't we? Yeah. We're back to Tal Ben Haim, we're back to Steve Sidwell, and we're back to Claudio Pizarro. Well, Papi, you know, Hector. Yeah. You know, you could argue there are similarities. I mean, you, you and I spoke about this in the pub before, and I said it on air uh, on TalkSport on very early, or very early on Sunday morning. I think there's a fundamental difference between now and 2007, and it's actually precisely what Jose said in the uh, presser last week which is that both he and Roman are A, very different people, and B, in a very different place. You know, Jose didn't need much encouragement to, to wander off to Spain or Italy because he wanted to do that. Uh, Roman had no experience of managers. He'd only had Claudio Ranieri before then. You know, uh, Jose... He's, won- not that, he's not doing too bad, Claudio. No, Unless the second... Now, fair play to the Tinker Man. But, I mean, now, in 2015, Jose wants to be at Chelsea. It's the place he wants to be. He's, he's travelled around. He's done all of that. He wants to be here. He wants to stay here for a long time. And Roman's had 10 managers since then. He knows what's out it, there. It's a very different situation. It's a very different situation. Yeah, the, 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 when he got sacked in 2007, a lot of that was about um, he wanted new players and Roman said no. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, not, the, not, the rift had probably happened before Avram that. Avram turned up. Yeah. That pissed on Jose's fireworks. Yeah. And he didn't agree with, the heart, with buying Shevchenko. So, so right. basically you're saying that, that Abramovich has played the field and he's settled down with the one he loves. Yeah. Well, if he continues to, to us all, Dan. if he continues to lose games, is that going to happen? Well, we again we talked about this before in the pub. You, I tell you what, you people are mixed. You should come to the pub with me and Dan before. It's a much better show. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. You know, and we can drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Can I can just yeah. say that I'm not on it. No, that's not why it's a better show. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say that. That, that, that would make much. it a severely poorer show. Thank you. I want you to say that. Um, but the point that we were making was that I, I personally don't think Roman's going to pull the trigger. I don't think there's any desire to. I think if, if anything bad happens, like you know Jose toddling off, I think it will be more to do with something that we can't foresee, an extraneous factor. It could be that he has a breakdown because he can't handle what's going on with his father. I mean, it, it could be something like I'm not saying this will happen, but it could be something like that. Something that's actually got diddly squat to do with the football or the results. I think Roman will stick with him. There's only one caveat on that, and that is um, do not underestimate the symbiotic relationship between the business side of the football club and the playing side of the football club. And it's entirely predicated, not just on being in the Champions League, but on reaching the Champions. The business model is predicated the on the quarter final, reaching the quarterfinal of the Champions League every year. Yeah. Their whole their monetary they were budgets were disappointed last yep. year by only getting to the yep. last sixteen. Well, that's what the budgets the are worked. The board really had a go at it. Yeah. The budgets are worked out on yeah. that. So if there's <clears> one, uh, I think the biggest issue is this: is that if, if at any stage the hierarchy at the club. Do not think that we will make the top four. I think, I, yeah, I You'll think go. I think there is an yeah, exactly. Uh, it'd be interesting to see as well what happens in the Champions League and and if we get knocked out before the quarterfinal. That that could I, also. I, be I said this in the pub. I think Wednesday night's in, uh, um, result in the current situation is actually quite important. Yeah, but here's the other thing. I think Wednesday night's result or Wednesday night's match 
could actually offer could a bit f- of light relief. Free, it could free yeah. them up, in fact, if they get caught. Kickstart yeah. the season. Yeah, it, could. it could. You know, we're focusing on the league, the Champions yeah. League. Champions League, yeah. <laughs> You know, but it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I, we all sound a bit doom and gloom here, and I don't mean to because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask two questions, actually, because I am very greedy. But number one, um, I think that this is the biggest challenge that Jose's faced in his career. He has yeah. never been, he said it himself in the presser, he's never been in this situation. And interestingly, which is, I think, why well, a lot of people are talking about, well, maybe he'll get the boot, is neither has Roman. You know, we have never started like a season like this since we've had Roman Abramovich. So, you know, it's a massive challenge, Roman, to keep his finger off the trigger and be patient, and for Jose to do something that he's not used to having to do, which is to not lead from the front, not pick up a very down group of players, which is clearly what he's got at the moment, and and turn it round. I, I and we said it on the show last time. Mm. You know, now is the time for Jose to really earn his corn. Now the thing is, Dan, um, he's still the best manager in the world, isn't he? Well, his record says so, doesn't it? And, of course, the problem is, if you fire that trigger now, who do you replace him with? Precisely. Big um, Sam? <laughs> Harry's free. Harry, yeah. Harry Bassett, I mean. Ancelotti, <laughs> Ancelotti's free, but I can't see Ancelotti wanting to go anywhere well, near Chelsea. we've been there and done that. Yeah, uh, Klopp is free, but Klopp definitely won't want to go anywhere near Chelsea. Yeah, we've either got Kloop or Poop. That's not a really good choice, is it? AVB's free, as I've yeah. said. Um, Avram's not free. Well, I, I, was, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I was thinking... Uh, I was talking about writing a piece, uh, it's one of those sort of fancy pieces based on sort of the end of May uh, 2016 and writing it as, as it is today and, and saying, uh, you know, uh, that uh, Michael Emanalo has just been sacked as Chelsea caretaker manager after mm. Chelsea lost the final of the Europa League. <laughs> God, don't, don't even think about it. I mean, you know, actually, I mean, talk about Avram, you know... I mean, you know, it's going to be really interesting where, where Avram Grant will, will will be in the annals of Chelsea history when Rick uh, updates his complete uh, record in 25 years' time. I, I, you know, Avram Grant, for I mean, he gets such a bad press. I mean, uh, he's a he's a he's a lovely bloke. I know I mean, what you're going to say. No, no, but no, yeah, but he's a lovely bloke. He's a lovely bloke. Uh, well, that time he he turned up at the pub with Marco, and and it was just a wonderful, lovely, you know, he's a, just an affable guy. But the thing I love most about Avram Grant is that when he took over the reins, um, he basically... I, I, I mean, I, I can't quote verbatim because I wasn't there, but the sense that I get is he turned up in the dressing room and, and a wonderful... Uh, dare I say, uh, with a lot of Jewish pragmatism, he basically just held, held the dressing room there and said, look, I've got no idea what to do. You're brilliant. You, you've been well-trained, but just go and do it. Exactly. You know, and that's exactly what they did. Exactly, pretty much what happened. Ex- yeah. Exactly what, what I was going to say. Good management. It, he, that was good management. He rode in on Jose's ripples, and he that did. was it. But he it? had the sense but, not to try and change it. We, go and get on with it. Do you remember when we met, I think it was the kit man, Coming out of the hotel after a game. Oh, God, yeah. yeah and he yeah, told yeah, us that Avram Grant, you're, 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 if you hadn't remembered that, what you said is absolutely right. Because he said, he told us that in the, in the dressing room, Avram Grant never says anything. No, he doesn't need to. No. They don't, they don't know what they're his, doing. his assistants, if you remember who they were. Hank Tenkart. Yes, Hank Tenkart, who they all hated with a passion. But it was a brilliant coach. Good but coach. they all hated him with a passion yeah, yeah. And, and didn't listen to him. But they liked Avram. They, they, and, and, uh, and Steve Clark. Yeah, he Steve did most Clark. of it. That's underestimated. Isn't it? Anyway, we're not getting Avram back, so don't panic. And I mean, you know, you sure? Yes, I am sure. He's the Ghana manager at the moment. Oh God! Well, maybe he'll bring SEM back, so all will be forgiven. But the bottom line is, come <laughs> on! I mean, you know, there's been some unbelievably banal tripe, uh, predictably on social media, about people wanting Jose Mourinho out. I mean, 
uh, I said it on TalkSport on Saturday or Sunday. I said, look, you know, five games uh, does does not a bad manager make. I mean, three months ago, he won the title. Look at what he's won. He's still the best manager in the world. Who else have we got out there? Who else would you possibly want? We clamoured for him to come back. You know, if you really don't want him as your manager, then you need to give your head a very big wobble. Jonathan's no wobbling his head. No, but you, I think you, I've said enough about him. I've, you, I mean, do you want him in or out, Jonathan? In, of course. Exactly, Martin. He's going nowhere. Exactly, Dan. I want him in. There but can I ask a different question back? Yes. Do you think he'll be here at the end of the season? Yeah, I do. Why mm. not? Because you know, form is uh, temporary. Class is permanent. We'll sort this out. The play- look, the players we've got are too good to be this consistently bad for the rest of the season. No, I don't, I don't agree at all. Why not? I really don't agree at all. Why not? Because bad players can, good players can play very poorly, as for we've seen. For the entire season? It's possible. You know, look, look, look at... When have you ever seen that before? England team. Dortmund last season? Yes, but there was a different situation there, which is they kind of knew Klopp was going. So he kind of lost the dressing room. I, I, what think, I, would I think Jose's struggling with it at the moment because he hasn't quite sussed it out, but he will. But going back to my point, then you know that is true. You, contextually, you need to take that on board. You know they knew Klopp was going to go at the end of the season. It's a bit like Fergie syndrome when he said he was going to retire, and they stuck, suddenly the performance levels dipped to United, and then he decided he was going to retire, and suddenly they went back up again. You know you can lose the dressing room in those moments, and I think that's what happened to Klopp. And funnily enough, whatever he he turned it round at the end of the day, he turned it he round. Did, he did. Okay, admittedly they were so far back by then they couldn't win the title. I think what did, they, did they get into the Champions League? What did they miss out? I can't remember. But, you know, he turned it round. So, you know, give me another example. That's what I'm really yeah, saying. Yeah, the players played for Ranieri when he was dead man walking. Yeah. Played out their socks for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, he, he, yeah. and he, ruined, he ruined the old Champions League. So he did, give, yes. give, give, give me another example. Because I, I honestly can't think of any. Certainly in the modern era. Okay. Do you know, weirdly, I'll just interrupt a bit. You know, weirdly, I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend... And, and and I remember in the 70s, very different game, very different world. But actually, in those days, because actually the league was much more competitive, so one of, say, 10 teams could win the league in any one year, you would quite often get the champions being the champions one year, and then the next year they might be eighth. You know, it would happen, wouldn't it? But nevertheless, can you think of any other example like this in the modern era? Because I really can't. I'm struggling. Yeah. So I'm right then. <laughs> no, I, I really don't think you are. I don't because you cannot take it for granted that having spent a load of money on a load of footballers, that they're just going to go and do it. No, no. but it requires good coaching and it requires good man management. And the bottom the line they is, they have done it. Though. Yeah, that's the difference. They but they're, but they're, they're evidently not doing it no, at the moment. No. So what's wrong? That means they need better uh, management, better man management, better coaching, and we know that Jose Mourinho is one of the best coaches, one of the best man managers in the game. So the evidence points to him being able to turn that round. Every confidence that he will figure yeah. it out. I have to. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, okay, uh, just a, a final thing, just to kind of um, wrap this all up. Just kind of looking at... I mean, we've kind of touched on this, haven't we? But, you know, can we think the unthinkable? I mean, we've got Arsenal and, and Newcastle next in the league. Arsenal... Uh, see, again, I said this on the radio. I actually think we couldn't be playing a better team than Arsenal in our next match because Jonathan mentioned this actually earlier everybody that we've played this season has got right at us from the word go they've done what we have done to teams for years they've closed us down given us no time and space and they've been right at us okay? there's no way Arsenal will do that no way no Arsenal way will do that it's not how they play it's like an affront 
to Wenger's ego to do anything slightly physical. I almost think Wenger would rather lose playing the way he wants to play. Yeah, yeah. Than, I agree. He's done it for long enough. Yeah. So the bottom line is, right, we're going to get a lot of space and time. And that actually could be just what we need at the moment. My only worry is that, you know, Arsenal are so offensive. I mean, this we know, but they also like to attack. Um, and we are leaking goals <laughs> like, like a leaky bucket. So... We, we, you know, we need to do something to be a little bit more solid. And I'm just wondering what Jose will do. I, you know, it, when, it, when it's all gone to shit, and let's be honest, it has really all gone to shit. What do you do? You tear it all up and you start again. And where do you start from, Dan? The back. You do, and you build from the back. I mean, you know, I, I can see Chelsea, and again, this might play into our hands as well. I can see us being really, really solid at the back. So he might well play Mikel again and Matic. Okay, of the defensive midfield, and he'll sit and he'll try and catch Arsenal on. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. The break. Because he knows they're going to come at us with all guns blazing. Because it's what they do. And they're going to leave holes at the back. You know, so I, I'm so actually, is, I'm, how many goals will they score? It could be, it could be a five-four, couldn't it? It could be. Hey, maybe I'm going to get really drunk before and just laugh my head off for the whole ninety minutes, <laughs> like I do every week. It has to be said. <laughs> but it, you know, I, I actually, I, I actually think that this is kind of the game in the Premier League that we need. I, th- I think I, I, I'm filled with optimism, oddly. <laughs> he, but he was as well, Mourinho at the. Uh, um, end of the game he said uh, we will we will what do you say equivalent to we will win on we can win the next match yeah we might not win the title but we can win the next match he didn't say about that when he retired he did he did he's becoming more Russian every day isn't he 
But you know what? I've often, we've often talked about this, haven't we, Smart? Because Smart is our resident linguist, as you know. We often talked about this, didn't we? That actually the, the, the Portuguese accent oh, yeah. and the Russian accent are actually very similar. Portuguese is very Slavonic, isn't it? You can imagine a conversation between Roman and, 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 and Maria Portuguese quite interesting. is Latin spoken... Here we go. ...as spoken by Roman soldiers. So if you speak Latin with your mouth closed, that's Portuguese. Is it? OK, there we go. I'm glad I know the answer to that. Um... Anyway, so I think we're all, are we all feeling quite optimistic about uh, about beating Arsenal then. I wouldn't say optimistic. I think we got a sh- we got a chance. Okay. Are we are we more optimistic about beating Arsenal than we are about beating Walsall? Well, yeah, certainly more optimistic <laughs> than, <laughs> we were, than we were about beating beating Swansea. Yeah. More optimistic than we are about beating Newcastle. They were, they nah, were, but they're quite shit. Have they, they, were, they lost yet tonight? Yeah, yeah but we it, always do poorly up there, don't we? Anybody always. in anybody in mixed list is, is a, a selection of teams we've done. Poorly against in yeah. the last few seasons. Apart from City. Anybody on Mixler? What's yeah. the Newcastle yeah, score? No, no plan for them. No. Brentford <clears throat> City says Matt Leon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah, don't don't remind me of that. Uh, any? Uh, oh, it's nil nil. Okay, so basically they're still crap. Okay, so I, I, I'm feeling quite happy that we we going up there. We are, aren't we? Going up to Newcastle. I, I am. I know you are, but uh, yes, yes, the team. The team. Will you get more than a cup of tea this time? I doubt it very much. Okay. I'll take right. my own food. Okay, we got. We're going to have a break, but after the break, uh, we're going to be discussing. Unless anybody has anything else to say, actually, I'm, I'm quite happy. Well, I'd just to be intrigued to see what team he selects for the Walsall game. He'll select. He'll select the reserves. <coughs> it's because he always does. Uh, uh, surely it's a night for Baba Rahman, if, if no other night. Yeah, no, no, is, no, indeed. You, know, you um, must play him. He's got I, to play him, and you've got to think. You know, if he, if he has a good good shout, then maybe he's in for Arsenal. I, I absolutely am desperate to see a back four of Aspie, Happy, Pappy and Baba. And what about Jalili Bodji? Can we just call him George? I don't yeah. think Pappy's going to be playing for a while. No, no, we've got a Dave. Can we not call yeah. Jalili Bodji? Can we not call him George? Dave we, we, we didn't really talk George. about this. We didn't really talk about this, but, um, you know... <sighs> when or if the youth get blooded? I mean, is is it a question of if or when? Which youth are you talking about? Well, okay. Well, Loftus Cheek's Loftus Cheek, definitely. Okay. I mean, who else? Who else has he got in the? Chiloba's out for the spin loan out for the season. I'm very he? upset that they got rid of Solanke because I really thought he might have a chance this year. And it's and terrible. Oh, right, Chiloba as well. Terrible. And Brown, not not Izzy, the other one. I don't mean him. Do it, Lewis Baker. You're talking about all last season's youth team. What about the ones from a couple of seasons ago that are out on loan? Be out on no, Chiloba. Well, he's gone somewhere. He's out on loan for the season. I can't remember where anyway, he's gone. Anyway, whatever, enough. We'll do the youth for another day, as the actress said to the bishop. Now, after the break, we are going to be discussing the exciting plans for the redevelopment of Stamford Bridge. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge and uh, you are listening to Chelsea Fancast and we're back after a very quick uh, cigarette and gypsy's kiss break, which is what we like to do at half time. Dan is staring at the screen. Is he, have you found something going on on uh, Mixler? That's awful. I, I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that out because that is just all. Matt Leon, give your head a wobble. Sounds like someone is going in dry. Thankfully, I have absolutely no idea what you mean. Goodness, if you're referring to Jonathan's impersonation of a dying man, then, then you know. 
give yourself no, no, give your head a wobble yeah, mate honestly I was, I was doing I was doing three ways of death yeah you see this man is you know Royal Shakespeare Company trained you know in his dreams uh, right okay on with the show uh, right now we're going to as, as you all you lot out there all know I mean what number one Chelsea had a, a big display uh, or the architects should I say or the people behind the redevelopment had a big display earlier in the summer and then they had a second one after a bit of consultation a couple of weeks ago kind of just about uh, I think it was the same day or just after we did the last show so we didn't really have time to talk about it and I thought what an opportune time to cheer ourselves up and not actually talk about the football uh, not even to talk about Jonathan impersonating dying men for a living, um, but to actually talk about the plans themselves and the redevelopment, because you know, I for one, having looked around there twice, uh, I'm, I'm massively impressed. I think, you know, we are going to, if everything goes ahead, if all the plans come come to fruition, then we, we are the best, we, best ground in the second division. Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> It's got, do you know what? Very, very quick. You know, I was thinking about the seventies. I, I quite often wander off and think about the seventies for some reason. Um, this must be the drugs. Anyway, uh, do you know the other thought I had? I thought, blimey, you know, he, he goes on about, oh, it's a bit like two thousand and seven. I'm thinking, oh, blimey, it's a bit like nineteen seventy three. You know, we started building, <laughs> we started building that East wonderful stand. futuristic iconic East Stand, and then suddenly it all went to it's shit, going. and we got relegated. I'm thinking, blimey, I wonder if the same. We didn't have any money, which I think is going yeah, to be there is not a difference. the problem. This well, I think the thing is, we've all seen it. I, I, for one, think it will be a unique stadium. It's absolutely iconic. I mean, it, it's going to look like no other stadium in the world. And, and I'm just, I'm really excited and massively chuffed. It's got myself. flying buttresses like it has. Mr. Abbey. I know, but it just looks amazing. I mean, it looks amazing. Wow. Absolutely oh, wow. Will, there will be a wow factor. And it will take since, the two years, will it? And since the last uh, exhibition they've put in, they've done a lot of colouring in of the drawings and they've made models and things. You're being rude. You're just it jealous because they didn't ask you to do it. No, it looks much better now it's been coloured in. No, it does. And I think everybody was having a bit of a, well, it's going to look like the Emirates inside. Well, it's not because it's going to be a, I mean, the thing that really impressed me most, Dan, uh, and actually, this was this was uh, wonderfully laid out at the exhibition because they had the stadium uh, kind of when it was built originally. They had the stadium uh, as it is now, yeah. and then they had the stadium as how it will be. And what's always intrigued me is that the footprint of the stadium, in terms of how the the terraces, if you like, are situated, f- almost follow exactly the template of the, the original layout. Stadium. With the yeah. funny, it's not like a bowl. You know, it's not a square. It's kind of a bit odd in shape, and. Yeah. And I love that, and I and I love the fact that they've, 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 you know, clearly paid a lot of attention to the history and the culture of the ground, you know, and I, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Dan, have yeah, you been forced to? Sorry, I, no, I don't know if they have been forced to. I think they've done that. They could have done anything, but they've chosen to do that. I, I always think it's depressing when you go around the country and you go to a new stadium and you places like Middlesbrough, which could be Southampton, yeah, Derby. Yeah, you know, they all look Leicester. really very Bolton. You know, they all yeah. look so. Yeah, the hemorrhoids is just like Wembley. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And and this is uniquely Chelsea. Yeah. It is completely different. It's, it's something kind of batshit insane, which suits us. Brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant. Love that. And it's yeah. much more enclosed than any of those, which is nice. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I mean, you know, we hear so many things, and I, I, I suspect, it's actually, I'm really, really lazy. I let people like Dan ask all the questions of the people, and then I read what he has to say, because it's much easier. But one of the things I've heard is that... Um, you know what they're very they were very keen to make sure that it is very enclosed and that the crowd are yep. right on on the pitch yep. because of course that helps with the atmosphere and actually it's very much like you know Stamford Bridge Mark 2 which is what we have now that's 
what th- this is like. And actually, you know, people say the atmosphere's pants. Well, actually, on a really good night or a good day at Chelsea, oh, the, atmosphere's, league night is the atmosphere's brilliant, and yeah. it's because we're close to the pitch. Anybody, and we all were, all of us were old enough to have gone to the old Stamford Bridge, mm. and everybody goes on about how wonderful the atmosphere was. Well, it wasn't all the time, to be really honest. And actually, one of the biggest handicaps we had was that all the crowd was so far away from the pitch. Yeah, especially in the shedding. Yeah, and I've spoken to a lot of the players from that era, and they said, well, yeah, mate, yeah, occasionally it rocked. And the shed were always very vocal. The trouble was we could never hear them because we were too far away. You know, so, uh, you know, I think it's a really good thing that they've decided to keep everything really enclosed and that, that's, that's not going to be like that. Are they the burrowing down? Are they going they yes, they are. They are. Yes, they are. And they're going out wider as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I think it'll take a long time to build. But uh, um, <clears throat> No, I had reservations when I, when I saw the original exhibition that they'd limited themselves. They'd been taking a blinkered view and tried to d- deliberately keep the pitch as it was and recreate the old stands. And I thought that was very limiting. But actually, what they come up with is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm. I mean, Dan, Dan, I know, wrote a, a cracking article uh, a week or so ago now on this. Um, you Basically, they've kind of got to the stage where they're about to submit uh, planning permission, aren't yep. they, to, the, to Hammersmith and Fulham Borough Council. Um, I think we're all aware that they've done an enormous amount of preparatory, preparatory work yes. here. They're much more supportive yes. than they were now. A huge amount of work. Well, just before I ask you the big $64 billion question, I mean, one thing that, that, that really impressed me is that the feedback that they've got, um, a lot of it's, you know, because it was all open to the local residents, and, and it seems to be, I would say, on balance, quite positive about us rebuilding the stadium. Yeah. So they've clearly done their groundwork. Do you think the plans will go through, or will it be more difficult than we well, envisage? It's anyone's guess, but they, they've they've tried to hedge their betting here, and they've done it very very carefully. They've come up with a plan that's been done in consort with the local with the local uh, authority, Hammersmith and Fulham, with local residents, with other local stakeholders. To use a horrible word, um, and basically they're trying to get something that will sail first time. They've got everyone in on it, and they've said, "What are your concerns?" From from talking to local people, the biggest concern is not what is proposed to be built. Everyone seems reasonably happy. Yeah. What people are unhappy with, as is always the case, is the three years it's going to take to build mm. it, or the four years it will take to build it. Yeah, that's a short-term issue. but it is. I know they've involved people, but it, it's only a minority they will have involved. When they actually put in a formal application, a formal planning application, it, it does mobilise a lot more people. Yeah. And there will be more opposition. I, I think to get all the stakeholders involved, and there are a lot in that area, there's all the local retailers, there's the local residents, there's the police, there's the um, London Underground, there's, there's TfL for the buses and all the rest of it, the police force. But by the time they've, they've got all those people on board, I, I think they'll be lucky to start in 2017. Well, uh, why? why? Hang, hang on, Dan, why? It just takes a long time. I know from personal experience how long it takes to get all those people on well, board. Dan, Dan came out with a cracking point without stealing your thunder because I thought what was interesting about what Dan said was that you know Boris is quite lax on 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 giving planning permission and I think generally he's quite supportive of this but that means we've got to get get it in right now before Boris goes because he'll be out in May and we don't know what the the next mayor will be like that's pretty much what you're saying yeah and whoever is the next mayor now now we know it's going to be Either um, uh, Sadiq Khan, Sadiq Khan, yeah. Well, well both really? of them are going to be far, far less permissive on yeah. on big development. Are either of them Chelsea fans? Anyone? Know? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, Jack Goldsmith could be. He lives in Richmond. He doesn't really strike me as a ch- as a football sort of guy. Mm. Don't know. I have no idea. Neither does Jeremy Vine, but he is. Yeah. True. Um, in fact, watched um, Saturday's game with um, with Jeremy Vine. There you go. You're very quiet. I can't help it, it's my nature. I'm so yeah, you're like a little mouse tonight. Yeah, but you say about involving local businesses things. My understanding is that they've involved pretty much every local business within about half a mile 
Um, it's an enormous piece of. But um, how many responses have they had? That's well, the point. I suppose that that is a fair that's point. That's what I mean. Until somebody puts in a formal application, that's when people. Yeah, local it, that's when they get mobilised. Complain about it, though, can they? Because it would in, 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 increase their uh, the, the well. business by. But not for the th- not for the, not for the three, three years. years we're going to be oh, there, yeah, uh, somewhere else. True. It's I mean, a short-term thing. But yeah, what, what, the other thing, I mean, I think the fact that they've actually they, they've made an effort, they've gone out to the local community, they've been very inclusive about it, may well help. Because, I mean, what we forget, of course, is that every time we've ever tried to do anything else with the stadium, there have been, you know, huge action groups that have oh, sprouted yeah. up, complaining about it, getting their, you know, attacks in quickly. And we haven't, you know, and actually before this stage, and we haven't seen that. So I think the fact that the club have been so inclusive and consultative may have helped. But... I, I would I mean I don't know I'm no, I'm no property expert but I would imagine that they've been so meticulous in their planning for this that and they've also tried to counter a lot of the original objections and comments that that, that were made earlier in the summer that they will have dotted the i's and crossed the t's before submitting that plan so I'm kind of hopeful that if they do submit it, they won't get too much resistance to it because they've done all of the preparatory work. I think they've done all the right things. I, I agree they have done all the right things, but it's not the same as putting in a formal application. No, and we'll see. Mm. But, I mean, I would imagine that's going in kind of now, really. I'm expecting to see it... Where are we now? What's the date today? It's 14th the, of September. I would mate. expect it to be in the next three weeks. Mm. They always said October, didn't they? Early so. October. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, planning permission is one thing, and I think it's... Probably one of the, the smaller hurdles in the scheme of things. I think what is probably going to be an even bigger hurdle that is what happens with Chelsea pitch owners. Well, therein lies a very interesting question. Um, I mean, from what I understand, number one, I mean, obviously we all know that the CPO, not only do they own the pitch, but they also own the name, Chelsea FC. So the first issue that we've got, or that the, I mean, Roman, and we should stress this actually, because my understanding of it, this is a Roman Abramovich project. Yep. This is not a Chelsea FC project. No. Uh, I would imagine the way that it was dealt with last time has a lot to do with that. But I think also, you know, talking in the pub as we were earlier on, um, bless his heart, I think Roman's kind of thought, well, sod it. I might as well put my hand in my pocket and do it. And I think there's a real element if he wants a legacy. I mean, you know, what is a... I mean, men of a certain age love a legacy, and uh, what better legacy can you have? And this is why we build things. You know, this is exactly why we build wonderful, outrageous buildings because we want to be remembered long after we're gone. So the club's changing its name to Roman FC. Well, I, yeah, what you're saying. yeah. Or no, we could be the RAF. That's clever. Roman Abramovich Football yeah, Club. Club. Forget yeah. the C. Yeah. You know, and the RAF from Chelsea shot one down. It'd be perfect, wouldn't it? Anyway, the bottom line is, I think Roman wants a legacy, and, and I think he's prepared to, to dip his hand in his pocket and do it. And it's a, it's his project, not the club's. So I think that's a very important distinction to make. But that aside, um, if we move to Wembley, let's assume we're moving to Wembley, then the club and Roman need to ask the CPO for permission to do that. Yep. Because they hold, you know, otherwise they would have to be called Roman Abramovich Football Club if they played at Wembley, you know. So it's a serious point. And I think it's really interesting because a lot of other people have been saying, well, of course, you know, um, that means we can disband CPO because uh, Roman's building a stadium. So, you know, we're, we're, we're safe, isn't it? But I, I, I have to say I disagree on two points. One on principle, which is that, you know, it, it, we don't know what might happen to Roman. And actually the more pertinent point is that if, you know, say something, God forbid, happened to Roman within the three years while we're playing at Wembley, then who's to stop somebody coming in, taking over from Roman, saying, well, you know what? It's, why, why build this stadium? We're playing at Wembley. We've got a great deal with the FA. We'll just continue on paying them. 
you know, it could happen. So, you know, I think the CPO is instrumental in this. And sure, I'm sure the dialogue will be far more positive than it was last time. But frankly, I'm very much in favour of the CPO retaining ownership of the name and the pitch in perpetuity because it, it will protect the club from un- unforeseen eventualities. And we of all people, as Chelsea supporters, know what can happen. Matthew Harding, you know, dies in a helicopter crash. Anything can happen. But Roman's got to be a bit less heavy-handed than he was last I time. I think he will. Trying all the underhand tricks and buying shares yeah. on the sly and all okay. that stuff. I, 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 think, I think he will be. Now, mm. as, as I'm aware... As far as I'm aware, Dan is the only CPO member sitting around the table. No, I am. I'm a shallow member. I'm terribly sorry. No, very beginning. I thought that you were like me and Martin, who didn't trust Ken Bates, so we didn't buy one. No, I was naive and didn't know anything about what was going on. Rich compared to me and Martin. They're only only about a pound then, weren't they? They were. They were. There we go. Actually, (laughs) hurry up! It's only a pound. Get your CPO shares. No, they were a hundred pounds. But what do you? I mean, I've been pontificating about it. You two own the shares. What do you think? Um, I agree with you completely. Blimey. I, can I record? Actually, I have recorded yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to play yeah. that back to myself when I, before I go to sleep at night. <laughs> Shall I say it in a different voice for you? Do it. Give me a, give me a variety. I agree with you completely. Lovely. That would be rather freaky. I agree no, no, with I you enough, completely. I like the first take better. Okay, no, good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah, you, you totally agree. Well, yeah, I think, I think um, it's, a, it's a safety valve, just in case, it is, as, isn't you, it? as you said. Um, I, I, I think it's a sticking point, though, because I thought felt they dealt with uh, the CPO absolutely appallingly. Yeah. The the, the uh, what were the suggestions they made that we could everybody who'd sold their shares could be on a on a plaque outside the new ground, um, on the new development, um, and that we would uh, and we just get the same face value because they actually said that uh, um, in the period since we'd bought them. Um, the small amount of of land would meant that the 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 price of it would never have gone up, which of course is absolutely who they think they're talking to. That's mm. why there was such a reaction. It's what lots of weirdly lots of Chelsea supporters don't seem to get the way that the CPO were treated by mm. Chelsea. A they say, the people seem to th- seem to think that somehow the CPO supporters were saying. He's going to sell it. He's going to sell the ground. He's going to get rid of it, which isn't the case at all. What the CPO supporters were objecting to was the fact the way they were was the way they were being treated, mm-hmm. the patronising way that Bruce Buck and Gourlay particularly treated them at the meeting, which mm. was constantly looking to the heavens every time anybody made a comment about what do you think? How? Why? Do you, why are you treating us as if we're ignorant? Yeah. It was a very strange period. Of, of Chelsea history, and a, a very dark and very it low was very button, damaging, yeah. very it damaging. Was. But that was then, and this is now. And my, Indeed. my, my Indeed. feeling, well, one hopes, but I, it's, yeah, I think it'll be very different this time. Dan, what do you think? All of the devil will be in the detail. Mm. <clears throat> um, it will all depend on how the approach is made, <clears throat> what exactly the approach is, what is being offered in return. Um, I don't think you mentioned the monetary value. I think I don't think most shareholders are seeing pound signs. I know one or two certainly did last time, and there are a few people who went to no, meetings no, no, and no, talked I'm, about I'm, tens of thousands of no, pounds. No, I wasn't. I, Most, I just didn't want to be told that they, they, they hadn't, there was no, no um, evolution in the share price. You know, but most people so. I speak to want to know that the situation at Chelsea is unique. We have a club where uniquely, of any club I know, I've got to say, um, the ground, the pitch, the freehold is owned by fans, largely. Um, a few other people as well. But... And it's it is as as has been said it's a bit of a safety valve that's there and it's a great thing to have you know people talk about Swansea City being a well run club because they've got fans on the board well we've got something they haven't got we've got something that's that's remarkable you know we've got people sitting here who who, who go to matches who own a bit of the ground um, and I think most people would love that to continue. Mm. 
Do you think, I mean, it might get to a state, I mean, I, I don't think it will personally, but, you know, it's, it's not beyond the realms of comprehension that Roman could turn around and say, well, if you don't give it to me, then, then I won't build the stadium. I think they could happen. You do think they could But happen. then we're in the realms of guessing here, aren't we? Cause, we are. Because we're dealing with one man. As I said, I, you know, I, I honestly don't think that that will happen. I don't think there, it'll there, be a sticking so point there, There's so many things, Martin, isn't there, that, you know, it's kind of wonderful. If somebody should write a book on this, in fact, I'm going to. But the journey that Roman Abramovich has gone from when he took over in 2003, four, to, to now, and he seems to have, you know, as part of his journey, he's kind of completely inculcated himself with the culture of, of supporting Chelsea. I mean, and a lot about that stadium is a nod to that, in, in my opinion, not least uh, the fact that he's prepared to, to pay for it. Um, and I think that if he, if he really has got his head around the whole culture of supporting this club and the history of supporting it, then, you know what, I don't, I don't think it will be the issue that, that it perhaps might be. I agree. I totally agree. I don't, I don't think CPL will be... It, it, Roman and his cohorts must have learned from the last time round. They some, must have. There's also some really good people on CPO now. I mean, like Rick Glanville, who was on the show last week. Uh, Sean Jones, Charles Rose. These are smart, decent people. So I don't, I don't think, you know, the makeup of the board at the time we were talking about was very different. And, and, and certainly one or two of them, mentioning no name, were clearly culpable and colluded with the club, I think. And, and that's not what they should have been doing as directors of the CPA, but that's probably uh, enough, as much as I should say about that. Otherwise, I'll be subject to a lawsuit. Anyway, enough of that. Um, one thing I just wanted to go back to, there are a couple of sticking points with a lot of supporters, actually, and I, I think this is in, an interesting point. Um, you know, for all of the expansion in the number of uh, seats we'll have, because I think it's going to, you know, going up from 42 to 60-odd thousand, so uh, let's say 20,000. It is a bit disappointing to see that there's not a commensurate increase certainly percentage-wise, in, 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 in tickets available for season ticket holders. It's only going up by about 1,000, which is, seems a bit... Really? Yeah, which seems a bit low. Um, they are, I'm very glad to say, very keen to try and get a lot of locals in there. What would be interesting to see is what, what they mean by locals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you get bloody Hooray Henrys and Henriettas in there, then that's not going to work. They, they need to target some of the council estates in there because they are the missing generation of well, Chelsea fans. Can I suggest that, that two two of the plots that Chelsea were reportedly linked with, um, of course, Earl's Court and, uh, and Batsy, uh, are both in the process of being turned into really, really rather expensive residential developments, mostly for overseas investors. I know, I'm currently mm. building the tube station under Batsy. But there are, there are still, you know, there are still, you know, there are still big council estates in, in the area. And I think that's where Chelsea should be offering and targeting these, you know, tickets for locals to... You know, not the Burks who take over our pubs on a Saturday night. How confident are you that that might happen? I don't know, but I think pressure needs to be applied. What would they charge? Well, I I don't know, but I mean, you know, they have already said they're going to target the locals. And the other thing is, and that that, I hope by that they also mean getting youngsters in there. I mean, basically the the dispossessed and the priced out, the issue that we've had for the last 10, 20 years. The other thing, Smart, very quickly... Um, there's a massive increase in corporate tickets. Hey, I was, just what I was trying to get in. Exactly what I was trying to What do you think about that? So the, the revenue from season tickets will only go up if they put the price of the season tickets up, which they probably will. Well, I don't know. Not hugely, I but not. I think they probably will. I, I think there needs to be on an amount. incremental basis. They haven't gone up for about five mm. or six years now, have they? Well, they are. They can always come out with the argument. Well, you know, 
you're, you're getting a much better place to be. So yes. they're going to have to charge you more. Yes. But I think for me, I mean, you know, you take the German model. The reason why Bayern Munich's tickets are so cheap, I mean, it's like 100 quid a year to be a yeah. season ticket holder at Bayern Munich. It's because they have a lot of corporate seats in the Allianz. Exactly. And the they cross subsidise the season it, tickets. Exactly the point. I mean, the, the same should apply it, here. It, it the, the, corporate, the corporate, corporate seats. Area. Are, there will be, it'll be 20 grand. The, co- the corporate seats are yeah. almost an order of magnitude more than they were. Yeah. So that's going to bring in a lot more revenue. The other good thing, of course, is that they're not going to have a ring of indifference. That's right. Uh, they're, yeah, they're going to have them on either side. Then, mm. uh, the, the, but both of the ends behind the goal will not have corporate seating, which is great. Yeah, thank goodness for that. Uh, and they are, they really are working very hard at it. A lot of people are very disappointed that there's no big, you know, one single tier at one end. But I'm afraid the trouble no with cop. that, there's yeah, you know, heaven forbid, mm. uh, <laughs> one one big shed, Martin. Get it right. other Remember where you are. Well, that wasn't the. Well, it was a single tier with a curve in it. They legislated for safe standing. No, well, I, I believe they have. But An area no, no, that could become that. Yeah, I, I mean, I will be amazed that anybody building a new stadium in 2017 won't at least make some accommodation of safe standing, mm. whether it's allowed or not, because there's a very good chance that within 10, 15 years it will be allowed. The, the thing with safe standing is it's, it's very easy to accommodate because it, feel, yeah. it is exactly the same footprint as exactly. seating. It doesn't get more yeah. people in. No, no, it doesn't. It just means yeah. you can stand yeah. up can without stand a seat in the way. Put, they put the, the, the yeah. crash bars. Yeah. And, and, yeah. But it's requiring a, a change in the, in the law first. So, so it is. External um, factors. The single tier issue, apparently they can't do that because uh, it, there's a height restriction. Apparently um, we can't build higher than the current East Stand, which yep. is, Rick was telling us is about three foot below the absolute maximum height they can have. And also uh, the issue would be with the raking of the seats would be too steep. Yeah. So the East Stand at the moment is, is uh, very illegal. steep. Is illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It is steep too. I've been up the back of yeah, there, me mate. Too. Me too. No, it's not fun when you've had a few pints in the pub, Jonathan. I, I haven't been doing no, that. So I have, yeah, and it was yeah, very scary. Yeah. Um, it was so scary we, for me, and I hadn't been. It's a bit of a shame we won't have that. But hey ho! I mean, the only other contentious things really are, are the move to Wembley and 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 the pick up on what Dan was saying in his article actually about the naming rights. Obviously, I'm hoping that they're going to rename it Stamford Chidge in honour of me, which I think would be very appropriate. It'll only cost you about twelve, fifteen million pounds. No, they should be paying me. Yeah, I thought that's what they meant by the naming rights, that, that I get all the money for I thought, I thought the, the name was going to be Chidgesy as well. Chidgesy. Chidgesy FC. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Not brilliant, but good. No, no, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Anyway, okay. naming rights. Is that for real? I mean, it's been on the agenda for a long time. It's been on the fair, agenda for a long it? time. Um, when when the, the, uh, the approach to CPO was made in 2011, certainly it was on the agenda now. Uh, I've had it from very good sources that it's always been part of the plan for any new stadium, wherever it is. Yeah. Um, of course, the, the, the problem with an existing stadium is you can't, as Newcastle United found, you can't sell naming rights on something that hasn't changed because people still call it St James's Park. Mm. Um, if you've got a new, completely new build thing, then, then there's a, a, a corporate ability to do that. Um, you look at other clubs doing it. Um, Real Madrid are looking at going out for about 15 million quid a season. Whether or not Chelsea get that, I don't know. But if you work it out, I've worked it out on the back of an envelope, we're probably talking about 12 to 15 million quid a season. Well, what do we get for the shirts? Uh, 40 million a season. Well, I think you'd probably get more for the ground, wouldn't you? No, no, no. Not not on precedent based on American Stadia and and the Arsenal deal. Okay. Um, you're talking because you're talking about a big amount of money over a long period of time. Uh, shirt deals generally what three, four, five seasons. Mm. Naming rights for, for stadiums are, are 10, 15, 20 seasons. Um, Emirates paid about hundred million for the Emirates, didn't they? Um, they paid 
It was never quite revealed. I think it was estimated the first time round, which was a 17-year deal. They were paying about eight million, we think, um, a year. That, a year. That's probably gone up a little bit, but but they generally t- tend these days with big, That's more than hundred million, big big clubs these days. It tends to be 20-year deals, and you're looking at over the course of that about 200, 300 million quid. Um, now, um, th- there are a number of questions here. Um, if other clubs are doing it, if we don't do it, are we missing money? Um, and that is the question that Chelsea are probably asking at the moment, really. You know, is this lost revenue? Um, and a lot of people have said, well, you know, this is outrageous. Um, you, know, you can't change the name of Stamford Bridge. Um, well, one would imagine they wouldn't. It would probably be a big brand at Stamford Bridge. So people would still call it that I anyway. bank on that. Well, you're going to do it commercially... I mean, like like Highbury, if you like, became the Emirates Stadium, or you know, whatever we call Why it. Why did they move that? It wasn't. At yeah, they did, but it was a completely new stadium, which is what ours is going to be. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't like it. Of course, I don't. But you know what? Everybody I know will forever call it Stamford Bridge. Absolutely. So uh, the club can sell it to you know Mars bars, and it won't make any bloody difference. We're still going to call it Stamford Bridge. Well, exactly like St James's Park. Exactly the same. And I'll tell you what, the only thing that concerns me is if they do call it something else, what am I going to call myself? I have to change my name, won't I? I have to be Yokohama Chidge or whatever. <laughs> I did um, yeah. a piece with Chelsea Fans TV, uh, sat with Rory <gasps> in a stall the other day. Traitor! How dare you? If I'd have known that, I'd have never invited you. No, I'm only joking. And I love Rory in the voice. we talked about this. When very- was this? Uh, it is, it's online today, I think. I, I, I Overexposure, Dan. I've told you about this before. Sorry, I'll put my clothes back on. <laughs> um, you, were you with Sophie? <laughs> sadly not. Oh, I haven't seen her. I miss her. I bet she misses me too, really, doesn't I she? I she does. Yeah, well, in a kind of a sex pest sort of way, you know. <laughs> anyway. And, and I said, if, we are, if we're talking 12 million quid a season, which is the, the, the figure that sort of we worked out, yeah. um, across 60,000 seats in the stadium, that's £200 a seat. Would you be happier to pay two hundred pounds more for your season ticket on the basis that it wouldn't be named the ground wouldn't be named after a corporation? Well, I think they should name, you know I think you should be paying me because you know it's named after me. You know, no, I, I think I think look, you know, I, people will get very sweaty about this. There's no doubt about that. But frankly, I, a I don't care because people are still going to call it Stamford Bridge. Everybody's going to ignore what they call it. And two, as you say, if 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 that money can be used to cross subsidise season tickets or make tickets even cheaper. Uh, you know, as you know, I'm on the Supporters Trust. The, the Fancast is an affiliate member of the Trust, and it's one of our mandated aims to always, always campaign for cheaper tickets. So if, if it can contribute to that, you know, that and the corporates, if they can cross-subsidise it, I'm afraid that's a price I'm willing to pay, Martin. But not, not, neither the, the, the hemorrhoids or, or the... Um, um, Etihad have never ever had another name, really. Well, oh, Eastlands. The Etihad has, yeah. East, Middle Eastlands. The city of Manchester. Middle Eastlands, but no... City of Manchester Stadium, but it's never nobody's ever called it that. No, it was called that for the Commonwealth Games. Well, they should have called, called it, it Minor Road. Games, no, no. Yeah. You know they, they should have renamed the Man City Stadium. They should have called it Minor Road as opposed to Main Road. I'm not doing very well. I'm getting a lot of tumbleweed tonight. I'm not not <laughs> happy it was, about it. Was that. only it was um, they were only only named that for a couple of years, wasn't it? So it hadn't it, it yeah. wasn't uh, in the uh, in the zeitgeist, as it were. The general parlance. Yes, that's the expression I was looking for, not zeitgeist, which was rubbish. That's what I say. It's, oh. it's never been known as anything else. Neither of them have ever been known as anything Can we answer else. Alison's really? question before we go to a breakdown? Why has your Twitter handle changed? Um, it hasn't changed. Well, it has changed. I've just moved. Um, Can I ask you a question, which on. is racist? Why, you know, 
you know, Blues Chronicle, but they've changed Blues Chronicle to get west or go west London or whatever. So why couldn't you just keep Blues, Blues Chronicle? Blues, Blues Chronicle uh, is, is the account of um, what used to be the Fulham Chronicle, which is why it's called because there is still a Blues Chronicle. There isn't They've anymore. Got about, there isn't anymore. Yeah, but there no. is a Blues Chronicle. No, it's, got, it's gone t- now. That's gone now. They had about 10 yeah, followers, I know, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought somebody being naughty and, like, nicking your identity or something. Uh, the people who, who bring you Get West London have, have decided that uh, the, the, the Twitter account um, has to have a, a sort of a, a more uh, corporate focus. And uh, so I'm tweeting from at Dan Levine. You'll find me there. You'll find all my articles for everyone there. Um, give us a follow. There you go. You should have called it Bruce Chronicle. You know that, don't you? Yeah, we would have all known who it was. But there you go. Um, right, we should go because uh, we've been talking about this far too long. Although I have to say, very interesting. And just as a, as a, a summary of it, um, I just really, I'm really excited actually about it. Um, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, well, you know, I, I, I love, it. I love the ground as it is, but I don't have the same attachment to the old horrible one which we grew up with. You know, I think we've already done it once, so I don't think we have the same kind of emotional tie. And I just think uh, it's just going to be such an iconic stadium and it's going to be, you know, just something to piss off all the other fans, which is always a good thing. Anyway, uh, right, after the break, we're going to have our usual Chelsea fancast roundup, including a very, very special announcement. You need to be listening, pin your ears back, uh, because we're going to have an announcement on how you can vote for Chelsea fancast in the Football Blogging Awards. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Okie dokie, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Now, this part of the show uh, is dedicated to lots of roundups about stuff. Uh, and we start our staff with some emails. And I have to say, Jonathan, we've got some cracking emails this week. One is very, very long. Yes. And one is short and sweet. But th- there we go. No, no. And then the other one is also quite short. But right. I've had to print them out separately because they came in late. So no. off you go. Off I jolly well go. I have to put my glasses on. It's like, I love it when, when people come prepared, Jonathan. Yes. Well, no, I thought they'd be more light. Tell you what, while you're doing that, I'm going to read Blake's out, okay? Right, we've got one. I've from, got them. I've got them. No, no, you get the big ones. Don't worry. Uh, right, from Blake Martin. Uh, from Blake Martin. Uh, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to read his afters because I want to read a bit after that. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I like your glasses. They're much more expensive than mine. Oh, very expensive. At least a tenner. Are they? Oh, mine are cheap too. Mm. Yeah. It's Martin with the expensive glasses. Then Paul Hackman. Yep. Hi, Chidge. Now I am all for tradition. Love the fact the show is back to a podcast. I also love the new Chelsea Stadium design with its look back to the history of Stamford Bridge. However, I'm less keen on the team's recent impersonation <laughs> of Chelsea in the 1980s, but without the fun. I'm sure we will already had, have had a good post-mortem of the recent Everton match on the show and the 101 theories as to what has gone wrong, which just leave me, leaves me with one request. Could you sing a good rousing Chelsea song from the past, so not strolling, that I can sing along Stroll- to no, when I play the podcast on my way to work? I think it could do us all some good. Maybe the Tommy Baldwin song. Keep up the good work, Paul Hackman. You know what? I Actually, I tweeted after the, uh, well, you know, in, in the short aftermath of the awfulness of Saturday. Guess what I tweeted, Martin? 
Come along, come along, come along and sing this song. We're the boys in blue in Division 2, we won't be here for long. Come along, come along, come along, come along and sing this song. We're the boys in blue in Division 2, we won't be here for long. Was that what you tweeted? That's what I tweeted. Oh, there you because go. it kind of, I just, you know, my sense of gallows humour really. See, people think that was scripted. It wasn't. But it was totally spontaneous. No, because Paul wanted us to sing the Tommy Baldwin song. All right. But I'd, I'd rather sing that. To- uh, Paul, is that okay? Do mm-hmm. let me know if that was okay. I hope it was. No, Tommy Baldwin is a leader of the team. team. What, what team? team? The finest football team that the world has ever seen. We. Supporters and we're louder than the cop. What cop? Anyone wants to argue, we'll do the fucking lot. La 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 you yeah. can probably do it. Dare cool. Dare cool. Never mind. That's another song. Do you like come man? You want to go home? Very good. We've got another email, haven't we? Yeah, it's from James White. Dear Chidge and the Fancast crew, long time listener to the show. I've never felt compelled to write to you until now. I feel like, I, I feel like agony aunts. Yeah. There's a lot of agony out there, mm-hmm. isn't there? I'm as upset as the next Chelsea fan right now about our current situation. But any real fan will accept that this is hardly a disaster and realise we have the playing resources to turn it around and comfortably secure a top three finish and maybe even challenge Man City if their form takes a dip. Hurrah. But I do have another emotion stirring inside me after witnessing recent events. Worry. Jose's behaviour is a major cause for concern. As far back as pre-season, he's carried that sour look and has been picking needless fights in the media. His touchline demeanour has been odd since day one. Our boss is clearly not happy, and this has been the case for a while now. Mm. As to the cause of this, I can only speculate. It's obvious our transfer window in activity has a lot to do with it. Forget the fact we were in for Stones and some other big names like Pogba and Marquinhos. Sick late on, Marquinhos. We did practically nothing for the first month, and submitting a two million pound bid for Stones was a sorry two million sorry twenty million pound bid for Stones was a ridiculous move, achieving an on, only in antagonising Everton and hardening their resolve to keep him. Aside from this fiasco, there appears to be other forces at play, but it's difficult to say what exactly is going on without speculating. The players themselves are reflecting Jose's mood in the way they play, lacking confidence, unhappy, irritable. Just look at their body language. It tells a thousand words. Right now, the anti-CFC brigade in the press are having a field day, sharpening their knives, salivating at the lips. They think they know what's coming, (laughs) and they can't contain their excitement at the prospect. Unfortunately, I don't think it's just hype, and they've got good cause to suspect that Roman's finger is hovering over the red button. While I don't think Jose's job is immediately on the line, another couple of bad results, I fear the worst, could actually happen. So to the real reason I'm writing in to you, what can we as fans do to stop things going nuclear? Apart from the obvious, such as giving our full support to the team at home, no need to question the away fans' superb support, there's one thing I think we must do. On the first few home matches after Jose's return, all four sides of the stand would chant in unison, 
Jose Mourinho. We were overcome with joy that the special one had come home. That we were overcome with joy that the special one had come home. The love and admiration we had for our manager was there for all to witness. Players, media, the global audiences. Back then he didn't need that outpouring of support. But now, more than ever, he needs it. It's clear that our on-pitch problems stem from Jose's state of mind. The team has always reflected his mood, and right now, that mood needs changing. Let's remind Jose that regardless of any board issues over transfers, staff squabbles with lawyers and doctors or media hype, he is our special one. Let's remind him that we trust him to turn things around and get our season back on track. Let's remind the hacks in the media that he has our unreserved support, regardless of the dip in form. Let's remind the players there's only one man in charge, and maybe then they will decide to stop sulking and fight for him. Let's remind our owner that he has the best man for the job, and we as a club need to ride out the storm rather than hitting the panic button. Given the high number of tourists likely to be in the terraces this Wednesday against Tel Aviv, it's probably not the ideal match for this. But next Saturday at home to Arsenal, live on TV, against his arch-nemesis, is the perfect match. Unfortunately, I won't be there myself, but I will be watching, and more importantly, listening closely for that familiar chant to rise from the crowd, James. P.S. I work in Winchester, so if you ever fancy a lunchtime pint, then give me a shout at SMC999. Bloody hell, that's a huge email. Well done. Yeah, lovely. Well done, James. Well done, James. Well done, Jonathan. Uh, if you've been, Dan and I were sneakily looking behind your head at what was going on in Mixler. And basically, everybody's been saying, we, we love this bedtime story from Jonathan. <laughs> we love the story being narrated by Jonathan. Uh, so I would like to say, uh, next week we'll be having Jack and Ori featuring Jonathan Kidd. I was a bit down. One for the teenagers. I agree, I was a no, bit it was gloomy. lovely. You I read beautifully, mate. Um, what a fabulous email. What, what, do, you, what do you think? Yeah, that's a book like Jack and Ori. Yeah, there you go. What do you? That's one for the teenagers. Um, what, what do you think? What, what do you think of his comments there? We kind of touched on that a little well, bit, pretty, didn't we? Pretty valid, yeah. We, if we're not, if nobody else is going to show support for Jersey, we certainly should. Yeah, I think that's a really. It's, spot it's point. our duty. I think we. I'll get a few going. Get seventeen, mate. You know, yeah. They're a bit slow up there, but I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Dan, in the press box, you going to do a few Jose Mourinho's? Sorry, that's just me salivating. Oh, you're salivating. salivating no. You'll be salivating with your hand on the knife, won't you? I know. Sharpening the knife. Stab because you can probably reach him. Stab him in the back from the press box, can't you? So come on, a few Jose Mourinho's, Dan. It would know. be lovely to hear, wouldn't it? Did yeah. we get the chant wrong? Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho. Stick that up, your jacksy, Richard. We can't help it. We're just stupid. Uh, um, right, OK. I've got to say, that was a brilliant email, number one. And uh, James, I, you're a Winchester man, so that's brilliant. Yeah, we'll definitely have a pint sometime. Possibly... Uh, if I'm down in Winchester and there's an away match that I'm not going to and we can watch it in a pub or something. But yeah, it'd be lovely to catch up for a beer. Brilliant email, mate. I really appreciate that. Now, there's one more, which is a quickie that I'm going to do. It's from Blake Martin, who says, <coughs> Dear Chelsea Fancast, I'm delighted to say I have received your shirt and that it looks amazing. He's talking about a Chelsea Fancast t-shirt. Uh, thank you very, very much. But what happened to us at Everton? We had so many great chances and still only scored one brilliant goal. Personally, I blame Hazard and Costa as I believe they had so many chances to score and really should have finished at least one of them each. What are your thoughts on this and who do you think was to blame for our piss-poor result? Thanks again for the great podcast. Up the Chels. Uh, Blake, I'm so glad you got the Chelsea Fancast t-shirt. I'm just wondering if you were the if, were Brisbane Blues, who, who was in Mixler earlier, who, who I was a little bit tetchy with because... Uh, 
I think you were moaning about Mourinho and I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't mean to be that tetchy, so I apologise if it was because I'm very grateful that you bought a Chelsea fan cost t-shirt. Um, I think we, do, we did touch on this, didn't we, boys? And I mean, we, we didn't really blame anybody individually because I think collectively they were so pants. But I think when it came to Hazard and Costa, we said we would not drop Cost, uh, Hazard because he needs a cuddle and we would drop Costa because he needs a kick. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I said. All right. Yeah. Now, talking of Chelsea Fancast T-shirts, uh, I believe there are now only five. That is right. There are because f- I've, I've, I've I forgot to bring yours this week. You, oh, you do want one, don't yeah, you? I do, okay, yeah. I'll make sure we don't sell them all. Then I, 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 is I it a medium? No, it's large. Oh, okay, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. they're only large. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to my daughter. I'll drown in it. Can you could wear it as a night. You could wear it as a nighty. I could wear it as a nighty. You could. Um, anyway, there are only five uh, T-shirts left. Uh, they are all large. So if you want one, email. ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com and we'll sort this out for you. The price uh, is £15, including postage and packing. All right. Now, uh, CFC UK, you can get CFC. There's a new edition out. It was out for the Everton game. Uh, I can't remember. My piece was called Great Expectations, I think, which was basically... Oh, it's irony. It was. And it was basically about the bedwetters getting too pissed off that we lose and saying, well, actually, you know what? We're... They've got every right to be pissed off because we're not the, we're not in the second division like we were in the seventies and the eighties. We're one of the top clubs in Europe, and if we play like shit, we should be allowed to be pissed off. You know, so it was actually a bit of an odd one for me. I'm normally a bit of an old school merchant, but I kind of I was with the youth. Yeah. You know, I was with the youth this time. Anyway, it's out. It was out uh, against Everton, um, but you can get it against uh, when we play Maccabi Tel Aviv. Is it or Haifa? Maccabi. Is it Maccabi? The game is Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah. The away game will be in Haifa. All right, we're playing that's the thirty thousand okay. seat stadium. When we play the Maccabees on Wednesday, uh, you can get your copy at the CFC UK stall before the game. There you go, Mark. I'm not going. Yeah. No, I get I get back from darkest Peru the evening before. So he's going to meet his relatives out there. It's quite a lot of mileage. Yeah. He's got to stock up on marmalade. He's yeah. going to meet his relatives out there. That's a Paddington Bear job. That's very good. Uh, now, if you can't actually get to the game in Poisson and get your own copy of the Chelsea uh, of the CFC UK fanzine, then you can get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you are in the US of A, uh, all you need to do is to follow the Twitter account at CFCUKUSA. And if anyone is interested in getting a copy, they can contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter. At D Lundberg, L U N D B. No relation to Freddy. Honestly. Ooh. At D. Are we finished? No. At Ooh. D Lundberg, D L U N D B E R G underscore. Now, Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, got a board meeting tomorrow night. Now, if you want to join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's five English pounds to become a voting member, or it's free to non voting members. Uh, all you need to do is to go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com uh, and then you can sign up, attend the meetings, come to any events we have. More importantly, vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. How many now, members are there now? Do you know? Thousands. Good. It's complicated because there's a lot of paying members and, and there's a lot of non-paying, non-paying members. Absolutely. But... Uh, you know, there are, there are, it's growing. You know, that's the yes, main thing. Newsletter is out once a month. I, I remember actually, Jonathan, you and I were at that the, the inaugural we were pre-meeting, indeed. weren't we, we were. at the Barrow Boy? Yeah, we were there. with uh, with Bushes. Yeah, yeah, it was, and Darren, yeah. who's now very anti. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> anyway, newsletter is out once a month, and the results of the annual survey will be out soon. I keep saying that. I promise they will be. Now follow them, of course, on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Drum roll time. 
Blimey. Right, now I've forgotten all about this. Okay, now you, some of you may remember, uh, 2012 was a memorable year in the annals of Chelsea Football Club. What happened then, Chidge? The Chelsea Fancast won the first football blogging awards for the best podcast. There you go, that's why. Yeah. We might have won a European Cup, but that was nothing. That was nothing. Well, you did it in normal this. time. No need for penalties. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have. Who got the best time. presenter? Uh, well, I think by definition, I did. <laughs> um, but I did. I think. I, I think I was trying. I tried to encourage Tell or Darren to go and pick up the award because I'm so humble. But they made me go up and take all the glory. Anyway, so yeah, we won the inaugural Football Blogging Awards award for the best, best podcast back in 2012, and they reminded me by email that they are now in their fourth year, and it's now time to vote. So what you have to do is you can either go to their website or you can go through Twitter and vote. But the easiest way is to go to the website, which is www.footballbloggingawards. Don't misspell it and go bogging awards because that would be something very different. Football blogging even, awards. Even dogging awards. Or even logging Yeah, awards. that would be interesting, but not really very good. I don't really, don't really want an award for that. that anyway, that usually goes to Stan Collier. That usually goes to Stan Collymore. Mm. No, see, now you've interrupted yourself in the middle no, of No, he it, interrupted but... my joke, so I had to say it again. <laughs> well, anyway. I thought I could make his joke better. No, wrong. Right, www.footballbloggingawards.co.uk forward slash vote hyphen now forward slash. Uh, so go there, and then what you do is you enter the name Chelsea Fancast, not Chelsea Podcast, not the pod... No, I don't, you can vote for whoever you want, really. Anyway, enter the name Chelsea Fancast in the best football podcast category and click vote now. And after voting, all you have to do is confirm your vote by email. Uh, and as I said, make sure you vote for your favourite Chelsea blogs. There's about 10 different categories you can vote for. Uh, so there's loads of other great Chelsea blogs and bloggers out there. So make sure you vote for them in the relevant category. But when it comes to the best football podcast, there is only one. And that is the Chelsea Fancast. Now, you can also do it on Twitter. Uh, all you have to do is to tweet them telling them which football blog or blogger out of the finalists that you're voting for and in which category. And that would be us. You have to tweet them in a certain format as they use software acting as referees to make sure all is fair and no foul play is in action. And this is how you do it. What you do on Twitter is you go, I am voting in at the FBAs, that's F-B-A-S, for at Chelsea Fancast as the best hashtag football podcast. And you just keep doing that. Well, I think you can only do it once. But get all your mates to do it. Because basically the whole point is that this is the nomination stage. All right. Vote early and vote often. Yeah. So we need to get nominated. And at that point, they then start doing another vote. And then we get voted the winner, hopefully. Now, there's also a judge nominations where they've got a, a panel of people. I think Neil Ashton, funnily enough, is one of, the, one of the panelists. So I shall be texting Neil to remind him that he was a guest on this show twice. So he has to vote. He has to choose us, otherwise there'll be trouble. Judge entry. What does that mean? Well, in other words, it's a separate vote where the the, ju- the judges on the panel decide who they want to win. So it's like two okay. kind of yeah. Anyway, so you can nominate a blog or a website or in, or indeed this wonderful podcast uh, to be considered for judge entry, and you have to go to the football blogging awards website and it'll point so it's just like strictly really you know the judges have an opinion but it really doesn't it's not worth anything it's two kind of things but you can nominate us for the judging one but go to the football blogging awards website and go and find out what the judging one is it's all pretty obvious vote for it because you wouldn't want to see Chidge in the dance off no you wouldn't do you need to put 50p in the meter by the way no it's just the computer screen goes to sleep you know like they do if Jonathan leads behind him and whittles around on the little mouse pad it'll come back to life anyway right the voting and the nominations round ends at midnight 27th of September at that point the at that point uh, what they do then the top voted podcast in this instance will be entered into the finalist round 
and they'll resume on the 5th of October. Now, all of the winners will be announced on the 19th of November, uh, and they have a big kind of big awards dinner thing at the <coughs> National Football, Football Museum, which is pretty swanky. And you can even, if you go on their website, you can buy tickets for the event. I mean, it's a, pr- a cracking event. I have to say, unless they phone me up to say, Chidge, you know, you've definitely won, then it being that I have to be in Southampton at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning and 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, there's very little chance that I will go up there, knowing how royally pissed I will get if I do. Maybe you should not. send some other people up there for I you. could do, couldn't I? I could send representatives. Like Darren. No, no, no. Darren was there last You're time. You're going to send an expenses budget for the bar as I well. might do that. I might do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only a pound. Hey. <laughs> no, that's true. I don't have to go. That would be. I could do a satellite link, couldn't I? Do yes. a video link. Skype. What I could do, you and I, I could, I could do something on a video on your phone, and you could say, "Stanford Chidge can't be here to accept this wonderful this award tonight." This recorded but message. he has left you this recorded message, and it's me. No, that wouldn't be very funny. Oh, okay. okay, I think my plan's better. Anyway, the thing is, keep people. I mean, you know, we won one once. We've got very, very close with a lot of other awards. It'd be nice to win another one, and then I can retire a happy man. So get your fingers on those buttons, either on their website, at Football Blogging Awards, FootballBloggingAwards.co.uk, or on Twitter at the FBAS. So there we go. Right, blimey, we're nearly done. What do you think about that? Before I disappear. Yes, yes, people should do that. People should do people that. Should do that, that, that was really unscripted. That was good. People should do that. People should do that. Vote yes, early and vote often. It would exactly. be nice if we won. Sorry, would, if you won. No, but you can go and pick it up. And make a speech. You could. That'd be nice. Okay, that, can that, we fund it They knew the, that before. They would probably ensure that we wouldn't win. Can we fund it through the it's Buy really the Boys horrible. a Beer button? I love, I love you, really. <laughs> what? Can we fund it through the Buy the Boys a Beer button? No, you can't. The expenses. We, you can't bribe people to vote for us. Only, only, uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. This they can fund. This is Tower Hamlets, mate. They could fund the trip up there. Yes, they could fund the beer. Yeah, I got very pissed last time we did it. We had a great. We ended up in that funny pub, the Lazy Toad, in deepest, darkest um, Droylsden, where they had to phone up for permission to let three cockneys into the pub so that's that we didn't get shot. That's up I, north, I'm not, isn't it? I'm not kidding you. You know, the guys that we were with had to phone up to make sure we wouldn't get shot. And then Darren basically was so pissed he fell asleep under a table in the garden. And uh, the guys that we were with thought he had been shot, really, <laughs> really panicked, found him, and they said, We think you should go now, lads. We think you should go, you know, better go now. So we had to go. We had to flee in a taxi. It was a great night. One of those wonderful, legendary fan cast nights. That was fun. Uh, that's a tale from the shed in the waiting, I think. Was uh, that one leg on the cup? Uh, it was, yeah, one leg. Tony, one leg Tony, or Tony one leg. Uh, the wonderful uh, Tony one leg and the lovely Johnny the Rhino. Anyway, we've got to go because we're... What, it's, it's, I've got to catch a train. Right, well, let us know what you think of the show. Rubbish, get off. Uh, or, uh, of course, if you've got any questions, email us during the week and uh, and you do that by sending them to chelseafanacles.gmail.com and, of course, we'll, well, Jonathan will read them out on the show when he's here or I will when he's not. Now, next Monday, we will be back, and we're going to be joined by uh, Dan Silver, Clive O'Connell, and hopefully, when I've rung him up and persuaded him, Paul King Canners Cannaval. The lovely Paul. Uh, I, I hope he's all right, because he, he had a knee op recently, so I hope he's, he's not hobbling around much. Anyway, uh, we all... I'll be sub, if you like. Yeah, okay. I'll post some rather gory photographs of it. Yeah, well. I know, yeah. he did. Anyway, hopefully, we'll be reporting back on a damn good thrashing of the arse. And a victory against um, Tel Aviv. It's another joke of mine you've ruined. Two nil. Pause. You see, pause. Pause of the tumbleweed. Anyway, yes, basically. And Maccabi. We're going to be talking about the Maccabees. A great band. Anyway, uh, don't forget, follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Make sure you check out the great blogs on our website, uh, ChelseaFancast.com. Uh, there's, I think, uh, 
Clayton's got one in the departure lounge, so I need to put that up tomorrow. Uh, and of course, uh, you can also find out all the information on how to listen and download the show. And don't forget to join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Right, enough of all that. Uh, in about 10, 15 minutes, I will be stoking up the computer to do the Mimi.tv Chelsea Fancast warm down. So make sure you get your asses in there. It's very simple. You need a laptop, desktop with headphones and a webcam. And uh, the instructions are fairly simple, but you need to have signed up or logged on to Mimi.tv. Go and look for Chelsea fan cars. Go and look for the scheduled Me chat and then enter. And then uh, basically you need to be invited to the stage. So you need to request to be invited to the stage and I will invite you on and we can have a jolly good chinwag. Enough already. Uh, you guys have been brilliant tonight. Jonathan, lovely to see you as always. It's lovely to be on the show as always. I've got to say, you know, well done for not being as grumpy as everybody predicted you might be. I've been, I've been miserable though. I've yeah, been miserable. but you've been you've been calm. I've you've been, been a, a bit. I've been under-energized. You've been a bit it's like rubbed Marine. off on the team. You've been a bit like it has, isn't it? Yeah. You've been a bit like Mourinho in the post-match presser. A little bit of humility, you know, very measured. A bit I of waffling tonight. as well. No, a bit measured. Yeah. Very measured tonight. Very measured, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Good performance. I'd give Thanks. you a seven, eight out of ten actually. Thanks. Well, if we win a couple of games, I'll be back to my usual. Best. Yeah, you'll be moaning again. There we go. Yeah, that's right. Be perfect. Marvelous, Dan. As always, an absolutely extreme pleasure to have your wit Bravo. and intelligence on the show. Thank you so much for that. It's been great to be here for such an uplifting show. It has. Now we're going to have you, we're going to have you back. Yeah. Well, bizarrely, I, I, I don't feel it's, it's been, been that downbeat tonight. It's been like a support group, hasn't it? It has. It has like agony on therapy. You know, I will be available to provide therapy for any Chelsea fans should we lose to Arsenal. Uh, you can find me in the Rose Pub. <laughs> Best therapy there is. No longer the Finbar. Not afterwards. No, it's too far to walk. That's true, you know, for me. So in an Alcoholics Anonymous kind of way. So it's like, my name's um, Branislav Ivanovic yeah. and I've been playing like a tosser. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, actually, it won't be the Rose because they, they've shut the garden and they can fuck off. I'm not going back there. <laughs> I'm going to go to a decent pub, although I do have to go and find one. Anyway, enough of that. Dan, it's been brilliant having you on the show, as I said. We got you back, I think, in November or October. Can't Used remember. to me. You haven't told me. Well, that. I haven't told you the schedule yet, but you've told me when you're available. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Um, good luck with whatever you're doing. And whatever you do, people out there, Dan, uh, go and follow Dan at Dan Levine. That's me. On Twitter. Martin's got to go, but very quickly before he does, it's been brilliant to see you. It's been a pleasure to be here. I, I, I miss doing these. Yeah, well, you know, you, you, you rationed I know, yourself. I know, I did ration myself. So don't I, complain. I, it's, it's pressures. I know. Pressures. Well, you're a busy man, we know. Yes. Anyway, you've got to go and get your train. I uh, have, I have. We've all got to go. Many, many thanks. I don't to want my... to miss out on the up the chill speed. Okay, though. well, many, many thanks to my guests this week. They've been fantastic, especially to you lot listening live on Mixler. Uh, thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.